What up, folks? Welcome to Dabbling and Dribbling with Alex and Bri. Hey. Um, this is our episode, our first episode after the NBA Finals. Yep, post-postseason. Uh, post-postseason. And both of us have a lot of feelings about it, but we have not talked about it. Yeah. Because we wanted to process this live. Mm-hmm. In real time. In real time and feel all our feelings. Yeah. But before we go into all of that... Um, how are you doing, bud? How's your weekend? I, I'm swell. Mm-hmm. You know, just capital. As yeah. one as one is in New York City in the summertime, I just feel like there's a general glow mm-hmm. in everyone that I see. There's just a smile in the cosmic New York universe that's just everywhere. Cosmic New York universe. Yeah. That's, that's deep, sir. Well, some people... <laughs> Like most deaf, uh, he used to call himself most deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, would call it the the planet is the what pl- he called it. <laughs> Brooklyn was the planet specifically to right. most deaf. So yeah, I mean, there's a there's a whole universe out here, and everyone seems to be happy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I got my bike fixed, which I'm very mm-hmm. excited about, because um, that just makes my life so much easier than paying MTA all this money to just show up late. True story. Because MTA needs to get its life together. Two seventy five, and Jesus. no one has a good time. No one has a good time. <laughs> so I was stuck um, with my siblings um, in a train for a good twenty minutes, and we went to go, we had to go see a Broadway show. So we were a late. train not moving. So we were in a train that wasn't moving, and then they were like, "Oh, we have to fix something. There's something wrong in the back." We're like, "Okay, cool." And then they were like, oh, just kidding. The train's not going to go anymore. This train is no longer, like, usable. Mm-hmm. But the train that we could have taken just left. Like, if they had uh, just opened the door so we could have just gone across. Which we line could've... were you on? I was on the F. The F train. Yeah, I thought the you F, were going to say the F. The F train you know, typically likes to screw me I, I have no problem with the 456. The yeah. NQR usually is pretty reliable. No, I lied. It was the Q. It was the Q? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, it's also the weekend. The weekend okay. is always kind of a crapshoot yeah. when it comes to the MTA. So I'm really excited that my bike is fixed and, you know, healthy 2017, here I come to just be walking and riding my bike everywhere. I don't understand the mechanics of a subway train. Yeah, me So when I. someone says something like, it's not working from, there's something wrong in the back of the train, all the cars look the same to me, right. so the back has the same parts as the front. right. They were saying that the back doors weren't closing properly or oh, something like okay. that. So they couldn't that just ride sense. it, you know. Again, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you have to be a true New Yorker to, to- totally understand a what a conductor is saying. Because they're yeah. usually muffled and... It's the Charlie uh, Brown teacher. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> you know, yeah. just like that. <laughs> Pretty, you were on the uh, older, like, 80s yeah, it was Yeah, it was an older train. Yeah. The and the hum- other day, I got on a train that had blue seats. Yeah, the blue seat train. I've never been on one. No, was, no, 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 no. What? I've never been on one. Why are you saying no to me? Wait, the one with... because the- It's like a baby blue. Yeah. I have never you been never on one. <laughs> I walked in, I was like, what is this? Are you what is this sorcery? <laughs> Where did you get on the train? Uh, was it the sixth train? So up until this point... I've been living in New York City for six years. The orange, yellow, and uh, faux wood grain trains. That's what you've only seen? Right. I mean, there's the new ones that have, like, the blue blue, um, seats, and I've seen those, obviously. But this was an old train 
that doesn't have the digital like stuff and it had baby blue seats. Oh, I haven't seen this either. Right. So don't be saying this, that I don't I, know what I'm the, doing. Well, six years in, I was like, how is you? I was about to say, like, the MTA has strategically been discriminating against you to not have the newer trains. It's because I'm a brown woman. I assume. That's why. It's why. I assume. So they were just like, uh, Bri is at uh, Union Station. Please send all the oldest trains to Union Station. <laughs> to yep, Union Station. I have Square, to look out. Right I have to look out for this blue. Uh, it was this a baby blue. blue. It's like a baby blue, like something that you put in like a little boy's room, like a yeah. little baby nursery like it was that kind of baby blue. it was definitely old and scratched up it wasn't a new train at by any means yeah. it, you know it wasn't bright did like it have the wood grain on it not really it okay. was like a, a plat it was, anyway i have to go look so at yeah right. i literally was just like what is this it's so different um but yeah so i mean my week's been good i'm excited for the weekend and kind of see where things go goodness gracious so let's talk about some stuff let's right. dabble in on some devil and stuff yeah we didn't get to talk about this last time because mm-hmm. I don't know why. Because it was I thought it was a very big deal. Uh, but um, Mick, Mick.com, right? Mick Network Incorporated. Or is it Mike? It's Mick, M-I-C. It's Mick, right? Is it Mick? I think it's Mike. M-I-C? Yeah, Mick. What's the company? Mick Incorp- Network Incorporated. I have no idea. Well, if anyone knows, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> but they put out something, I think a... Two weeks ago, maybe at this point, um, Amal Clooney, an actor husband, announces birth of twins. That's the title of their article. Amal Clooney, an actor husband, announces birth of twins. What? And there have been other articles that talk about, you know, renowned world lawyer Amal Clooney and (laughs) actor husband (laughs) announces birth of twins. And I was living for it. What does that... How... How does someone... I don't know who she is. That's why I'm aghast. So, Amal Clooney is a human rights lawyer. Okay. And is from London. Um, and I believe she's of Middle Eastern descent. Um, have you seen a picture of her before? I'm looking it up right she's now. She's right here. I can, oh, I can show oh. you. Yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah very, sure. very yeah. pretty. And she's... Um, she's Very super, striking features. She's, she is really hot like she's very very beautiful she has distinct fit like a a caricature artist has a lot to draw on right um very beautiful face beautiful body she's super gorgeous um she was you know rumored to be pregnant with twins for a while Mm -hmm. um and you know she's and well before that she snagged the ultimate bachelor in george clooney um and so which i mean he's super dreamy he is so dreamy um what a guy um and I thought it was, and she, she, her work is far more impressive than anything George has done. And George has done a lot of things as far as his acting career is concerned, as well as human rights related things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is a very famed human rights lawyer. It's something that she works in the Middle East. She works kind of all over the world. What are some of her greatest hits? I mean, I'm trying to think. Just. She works, uh, Amal Clooney. She's an Oxford educated human rights lawyer. Um, she, I mean, I guess I have to, I can look on what Wikipedia says about I do, her. Yeah. I mean, just um, if she's, if, if she's getting top billing for, for well, this. I think there's only a few 
places that gave her more credit because one of the things that people were talking about when they first got married was like oh my god george clooney's marrying this beautiful woman and people are like but actually she's way more accomplished than right. like she's actually she's changed, the catch. Like, like she's he's lucky yeah he's the one that's lucky not the other right. way around <laughs> um which i think is <laughs> bomb in my in my eyes uh she's lebanese Just, british um she is uh she specializes in international law and human rights her clients include uh, Julian Assang, the founder of WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So that's something. I know him. That's her client list. Um, education. Uh, she went to like an Oxford an Oxford equivalent school. She went to New York University School of Law. She. Hmm. Um, She's got credentials. She worked. She worked with Sonia Sotomayor. I don't know if you know her. She's kind of. One of our Supreme Court uh, judges. I've heard her. You've yeah, heard. Of, you've I've, heard of her. She does. She does things. She does some things. She's uh. She's got stats. She's got stats. So they All had. Right. They had babies, and I really appreciated uh, specifically. Boy and girl. Boy. It's a boy and a girl. Do you want to know what their names are? Can I guess? Yes. Go. Brad and Matt. Yeah, they're I mean, like, but they're like, but oh, but she's a, a girl. girl. They're like, we'll still name her Matt. <laughs> It's like the thing in, in Friends when Chandler's name becomes like, you know how um, Phoebe has triplets for her brother. I vaguely, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know, this is gonna be Frank Junior Junior. <laughs> this is gonna be another name, and then one of the names was gonna be Chandler, but yeah. they thought it was a boy, but it turned out to be a girl. So they named Chandler's a girl. Chandler's yeah. a girl. It's good like that, but no, that those are not the names. Okay. You want it? You want me to tell you? Yeah, go ahead. Daughter's name is Ella. And the son's name is Alexander. Oh, yeah. That was for you. That nice. was for you, sir. <laughs> Alexander, strong, solid, traditional, but still a little bit, you know, like, colorful name because it's got the X in it. Yes. The X is kind of sexy. Yeah. Sexy. I, I, I dig it. You, I mean, Ella, as someone... Ella. Ella's okay. a very beautiful name. Yeah. It's very, like, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I mean, I'm Doesn't sure their children are freaking gorgeous. Um, so, but yeah. But I just I cool. thought it was, I thought it, I thought it was cool that we're living in an age where an actor who is you know who should be praised for the work that he's doing mm-hmm. isn't isn't like touted as like oh George Clooney and wife Amal but really Amal who does all the work and carries the children isn't you know? Ocean's Eight supposed to be a thing soon? Uh, yes, and that's all women. Oh right, you told me. That. Okay, look, yeah. hey. <laughs> the president is not going to like this. Okay? No, especially because I'm sure they'll make fun of, and it's like a pretty diverse cast too. You, you, I first believe maybe it was Kaling ghost? is in it. Uh, oh, really? Uh, oh, gosh, there's everybody in it. First it was the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and now it's this. It's like, wow. Yeah, just... the Ocean's 8 cast is Rihanna. Wait, which Rihanna? The Rihanna, Rihanna Johnson, who I went to high school with? No, not, not Rihanna Johnson, but Rihanna Riri. Rihanna Bad Girl Mitchell? Riri? Bad girl Riri. Does R- Rihanna have a last name? I don't know. Rihanna. Well, her name is Robin something. That's her like a real name. Her wait. Rihanna's real name is Robin. I believe so. Oh, I did not know that. Robin Rihanna Fenty. Fenty. That is a a real. Uh, she's from Barbados, right? Yes. Yeah, that is definitely. So it's uh, Rihanna and Hathaway, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Love Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, uh, Helena Bottom Carter. Um, I believe Matt Damon's going to be in it, um, because why not? It's Matt Damon. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to be a lit, um, 
That's lit good. Movie. I'm, I'm down. I'll check I'm it down out. for the cause. I, I'm a big Oceans fan. Me too. And, I didn't know you were a big Oceans fan. I have seen all three of them at least five times. Oh my God. We should yeah, talk. even 13 is not even a great movie. No, it isn't. And I've seen it five times. 11, I've seen. 11, 11 12, I've seen a I've lot of times. I've seen like probably 15 times. I would say 11 and 12 are like. They're equal just, in my eyes. They're both yes. very good. And they're just a good time. Oh, like, yeah. it's... Don Cheadle in those movies uh. makes everything for me. He just <laughs> has his parts and he plays it well. Uh, when he's the jumper, like the yeah. motorcycle, yeah. he's like... What, what's his name? Rocket? Uh, the Rocket or something? And he's mm-hmm. like... I, I can't... I ride heavy bikes, sir. I can't be out here with no rice <laughs> rockets. And I had to Google, like, what's a rice rocket? Oh, Okay. Yeah, I just love his acting. Yeah. And John Cheadle, he has a, a Showtime show, too, that's really good as I well. Do. Oh, what um, is it called? I, I, liar? No. Yes. Is it Liar? Something along those lines. He's Lit. a lawyer. Is it? Is that right? I don't know. Either way, John Cheadle's that's a great cool. uh, person and actor. But yeah, so I thought, I mean, this is this is old news, but I thought you would appreciate that the I son's name it. was Alexander and that Amal got the props that she deserves. You know what? George <laughs> Clooney has been... He has no other kids. Is this right? Yeah, he's question? never been married. He's right. never... He's come close, but he's, he's never... I think he's come close, but he's never because settled he's down. Because he's the perennial bachelor. Right. And he's like, I have no reason to slow down now. Right. Because I'm George Clooney. And he snagged an Amal Clooney, who is like wait, wait, brains wait, wait. and we're saying her. We're saying her name like Clooney was her name before she met him. No, What no. was her name before she met him? Uh, Amal something. Clean. I'm surprised at how established she is. She chose to take his name. Um, but some people are like that's like a really important thing for them. I know there's yeah. some friends who are like, sure, you know, very much want to take the name of the person that they marry, or like that's a very important thing for the husband's side of the family or whatever. So out of respect, do that. I am. I'm very non-traditional mm. um, and don't do that well, at all. I would not. I would. Good keep... for her for making the decision. I'm yeah. sure it, she's. Amal Alamudin was her birth name. I like that too. Yeah. She is bright and as accomplished and driven as she is. I'm sure that she took that name in good conscience knowing exactly what she was doing. And it was her decision. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't let anyone. It doesn't make her any less of a feminist or activist to the work that she's doing. No. Clooney's a great sounding name. Yeah. It's just if the person's last name was really terrible, then I think you would obviously not. Like... If someone's like last name was, I similar. can think of a couple, I, but I, they not, may listen to this, so I'm not going to throw it <laughs> out there. You're not going to throw it out there. Great, yeah. that's fair enough. Um, what else is happening? Oh, Rod, you know Dennis Rodman went to North Korea. I did see this, and he gave the North Korean dude, what's his face, Kim Jong Un. Yeah, the Kim Jong Un. No, no, I hate you. <laughs> you're the worst. Um, gave him the Art of the Deal as the book. By I did not see this. What? Uh, uh, Dennis Rodman, you are too bold. <laughs> you were just... This, this mofo. Um, he's the most American athlete <laughs> we've ever seen. Like, I, Dennis Rodman is the quintessential American... When you think of the United States... Yeah, Dennis Rodman just gave Kim Jong-un the art of the deal, and it may be, the, may be a genius move. <laughs> he's my favorite all-time athlete because when you think of the United States of America and mm-hmm. the history of this country... Right. You have to think Dennis Rodman because in one person, 
he encompasses the black experience, mm-hmm. but then also punk rock yeah. and like alternative and hip hop and like just like he was general. he was an anomaly and a yeah. a risk that every team that had him yes risky post Pistons I would say I mean with, he was pretty risky with the Pistons but the Spurs and the Bulls yeah especially. the Bulls and the Spurs that was a big volatile yeah unpredictable hardworking right. His rebounds were, all, what, 15 on average on rebounds? It's like, yeah, 15, 16. I think it was like 15. I read that the other day. Something um, like that. And with not, the Bulls, yeah. But when you know, he, and he kept he it pretty, or 13 18. or 14. He had some seasons with 18. Exactly. So, which is wild. So, but the other thing, too, is that he not only went to North Korea and gave this book, which is wild in its own way. We should, we should clarify the art of the deal. <laughs> was not even written by 45, really. Not written by 45, but 45... Claims to be author of this book. Right. I mean, he is written as the author. He was go- right. There was a ghostwriter. His picture clearly. is on the front. Yeah. Smiling. Google it, folks. Don't. Yeah. He's he's the worst. So Dennis shows up, gives Kim Jong-un this <laughs> really nice gift of, hey, here's a book written in the 1990s mm-hmm. about how to be a professional jerk. Right. And if you read Not this now... Not that you need any help with this, but here you go. I know you're already the quote-unquote president uh-huh. dictator of your country. Yeah. I don't know what your he's title like, is. Emperor? President? Uh, something of that. He's, he, he rules. His, his holiness? The, the, his, yeah. He you rules are, North Korea. Uh, you, uh, yeah, you could read this and be like president of the world mm-hmm. if you read this book. Yeah. So Like our president... Who is the president? This of is the butt. Yeah, this is the updated edition with the missile codes in the back. So just you know, uh, register this with the U.S. government, and then right. you can access the missile codes. Well, um, the government. So there was a a young white man um, who was almost a year and a half, or maybe two years ago, was captured mm-hmm. by the North Koreans for. Um, pulling down a propaganda poster in his hotel room or hotel yes. lobby or something like that um, and captured him and gave him like Otto. It, like a lot like his, his sentence was incredibly harsh for what he did 15 years hard labor yeah and um, I read these two stories together mm-hmm. like, because people thought that it was because of Rodman that he was released. right people thought Dennis Rodman pulled a Bill Clinton in which he went to go get hostages out right uh, Bill did that successfully once. Mm-hmm. Dennis uh, has not done that. Right. So this is not connected. Right. Dennis just paid a visit. And, and it just so happened. They were like, let's let go of college kid from right. Virginia. Right. Well, he's from Ohio, but he went to school in Virginia. Yeah. So I guess it was his, it was his junior year mm-hmm. in college, mm-hmm. went for a five-day trip, thought it was going to be five days, ended up being sentenced to 15 years yep. because of this propaganda poster. Mm-hmm. What do you... I mean... One, do you believe, because some people are kind of, like, maybe it doesn't matter. Do you believe it was related to the propaganda poster? And one, and, and two, do you think, what do you think he took away from that experience? I think, I'll be very honest and say that when I first saw him and his crying of like, I'm so sorry and all these different things, I felt bad for him, obviously. Sure. But I was also like, you're a frat boy, frat boy, like white frat boy who He's thought dumb. you could get away with something. Like you have possibly your whole life. Mm. Um, you know, you wanted to take a selfie or you wanted to take some souvenir for that. Oh, I've been to North Korea. Look at this thing that I, that I got. Take a picture, dude. 
keep it moving. Like, you know, you yeah. don't... Um, so a part of me is just like not sympathetic to it, but I also recognize this is someone's kid. This is someone's brother. This is someone's... This is a human. So I don't want to take his humanity away from him. Um, I think it's partially about the propaganda, but secondly, I think it's about Kim Jong-un and North Korea wanting to be like... Hey, white people. Yeah. Hey, America. America. You represent um, America. You represent America. Yeah. I'm here to let you know mm-hmm. that you don't do this in my place. You like, don't disrespect me. You don't disrespect, you know, because I remember being, um, so I was part of Desert Storm in Kuwait mm-hmm. when um, when uh, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait for that was a oil. long time. That was, yeah. that was in the early 90s, 1991. That was a thing. And my, I remember my mom and my dad telling me stories of, like, there was a man of Desi descent walking. This, like, you know, this is after the invasion. I mean, people were still working and doing things, but, you know, there was just army and, you know, people with guns and soldiers all over the place of mm-hmm. Iraqi descent, right? Mm-hmm. And my mom and my dad would tell me that people would just walk down the street and there may be, like, a poster of Saddam Hussein on the ground and they accidentally step on it mm-hmm. and they get shot in that moment. Dang. You know what I mean? And yeah. like that's the kind of regime that like I recognize like when I go to certain places that mm-hmm. I need to be mindful of the customs and traditions and respectful of it, whether I agree with it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I go to Saudi Arabia, I need I need to cover my head because that is something that is really important mm. in their culture. I may disagree with it, mm. but I'm in their home. It's like when you come to my home, you take off your shoes. Because you're in an in sure. a in an Asian household. <laughs> sure. If, if, but I think it's also comes with like how much clout are you rolling in with? Because mm-hmm. Melania doesn't mm-hmm. need to necessarily cover her head when right. she goes to the Middle East because she's rolling with an F-17 and like choppers all right. around. But you and me, the general person who gets off the airplane, like, right. yeah, we're under different rules for right. sure. As a general citizen. I, yeah, this, I mean... You go over there as a as a kid of 22 years old who's only been raised in the United States to mm-hmm. believe that the world is a certain type of way Eurocentric mm-hmm. Pan-American mm-hmm. and you get over there to this place where I'm sure his parents were saying we don't want you to go to North Korea. Sure. We're not we're worried about you going for 5 days to North Korea. Yeah. They didn't think the worry would result in him being sentenced to a 15-year prison yeah. sentence because you thought I, I, they must have thought something was going to happen where someone would do something to him based on nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he get get harmed based on nothing. Instead, they maybe didn't think his actions right. would result in repercussions because he's not used to that kind of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And from what I know, reading about him, it just didn't sound like. Um, it just seems like he had a very normal, quintessential U.S. white life, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it remind, I was thinking about it. I was just like, man, the K- North Korean government said, we're going to make an example out of this one, one guy yeah. from a state school in a fraternity, right? straight, cis, white man, mm-hmm. probably Christian, yeah. most likely. Uh, and then I was thinking about the time I was in India in a market, and this guy came up to me, and he said, <laughs> it was an older man. I was looking for something. Mm-hmm. I was in the spice market. And this guy came up to me and he said, hey, do you need help looking for something? I said, yeah, I'm looking for this one thing. And he says, okay, follow me. And then he says, he's an older Indian man and says, uh, you're Indian? 
Oh, to you. Yeah, yeah. to me. I said, no. He said, uh, you're Bangladesh? Mm-hmm. I said, no. He just paused, and we're still walking, and he goes, you're from the Sudan? Mm. I go, no. Mm. And he says, what are you? And I go, I'm from the U.S. He says, you're American? Mm. I said, yeah. He said, oh. And then we're just walking, and he's silent for about 10 seconds, and he goes, but you're not white. Yeah. 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 And in, in his mind, yeah. how can you be American if you're not white? Yeah. And I said, well, you know, my mother's white, my father's black, I'm mixed. And he goes, oh. And mm. then he's walking. That's even more confusing. Well, he, he walks again <laughs> for 10 seconds, we don't say anything, and then he goes... Your mother's white mm-hmm. and your father's black. Right. I said Which yes. was not even a thing 50 years ago. It's not even... It wasn't even legal. <laughs> yeah. Um, just learned the other day. Yeah, it was marriage, Well, no. I just learned that marriage licenses were first put in place mm-hmm. to keep races from mixing. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You don't even... You could... You probably wouldn't have existed. I would not have... I definitely wouldn't have. <laughs> but beside the point. So we're walking... But, he's, but he's, your dad would have made it happen. Oh, <laughs> but your dad's like I'm into I'm into. We persevere. Yeah, <laughs> we I'm, into, I'm into that lady over there. I want to make a really pretty baby out of it. <laughs> the guy said, uh, "Well, this is not common. This black white thing in the United States yeah. it can't be common." And I said, "Well, it's getting more common. Like you know, yeah." I said Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that this totally applies, but Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And then I said the the golden name was like Barack Obama. He's like, "Oh, Barack Obama." <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's, he's white yeah. and black. <laughs> yeah. And then I like to imagine, I, I can't really state this with any certainty, but I think he took his fist and gave it like a little bump on his heart. Mm-hmm. Just like two taps. Uh-huh. Just like, my brother. <laughs> maybe I'm. Maybe that part is a little shaky in my memory. But uh, no, it's, it's that thing. When you go abroad, you realize your privilege as an American, especially... Yeah. In brown countries, if you're mm. a brown American, mm-hmm. you get a certain kind of... People People are nice to me, but they don't kiss my ass. They just really want to you're get closer. They're yeah, interesting. You're interesting. Whereas my white counterparts, when I have traveled, they get this like royal treatment of sorts mm-hmm. where it's just like pandering mm-hmm. you know and also like oh we can get money out of them yeah it's yeah. really that it's yeah. really like how stupid does this person look that i can get money from them mm-hmm. if you're white you must have a lot of money and i don't think it doesn't not does it not happen to folks of color of that are american that go to different countries sure because i i know that's happened to me where i was in a, an indian you know store in India and the lady did me and my sister are talking in English Mm. about like the outfit that we want to get for our cousin's wedding or something. It was something of that nature. And we hear her in Paka Malayalam. Paka (laughs) Paka means like straight Malayalam in Malayalam. In Paka Malayalam being like, Oh, like talking crap about me and my sister, (laughs) about what we're wearing, what, like what our hair looks like, all these different things. And also like, Oh, let's oversell these things. Look at these suckers. Right. And me and my sister, my sister who is like, and you've met my sister, very, very sweet kid. We're talking about the youngest one. Reba. Reba is very, very sweet. Very, like very, you know, very quiet. 
I've never seen her so angry in her life. And she's also like, she's in college and she's learning about business and how to like run a business. She's like, she was pissed. She was ready to get these girls fired. These are like girls from poor families yeah. who are working in the, I'm just like, Reba, it's not worth it. Mm. And then I speak to them in Pukka Malayalam yeah. and you can just see the brown rush ah. out of their skin. <laughs> They're like, Ooh. Well, that's the thing too. I think, okay, so I'll, I'll qualify what I said. When I experience a brown country, mm-hmm. I have always gone speaking some part of the language. Right. I have learned, I've taken the months ahead of time to learn, to a, piece learn of it. Yeah. a piece of it so that when I interact with people, I'm actually using as much as I can right. of their language. And that way... You I've also always, don't look like a dick doing it. And that. I don't... Like, yeah, yeah. You look yeah. like you're trying to understand, which yeah. is really important. And so I think people look at you a different kind of way. I am... If this guy was on a five-day trip, I'm 100% certain that he just went there with no Oh, I went to North of, Korea. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is like this forbidden country. I've been there, you know? And all this is not to say that I don't feel bad for the guy because he came back in a coma. Yeah. I mean... Which is like... He got botulism, wild. apparently. I don't even know what that is. It's a, I, that's what I Googled next. It's the number one thing. Botulism is like a top search today. It's a, it's a bacterial infection. <gasps> uh, you get this bacteria from... Uh, ingesting it somehow and then it just it just wrecks with your insides uh so he's going to die well you don't necessarily die you you he how long has he been in that state i don't know exactly i don't know oh god there's a it's not it's not a hundred percent that he would pass away but um they're they're treating it with care obviously but either way the guy got released it's not dennis's uh Horn to toot. Right. He did not do it. Right. But uh, just coincidentally, they freed a person to come back to the U.S. And he's not doing 15 years hard labor. He's back in the U.S. with his family and they're taking care of him right now. So um, I'm happy for that. But I hope people look at this story and think twice. I, when I was in Thailand, I dropped I was just like on tour, went in, met this Australian guy who just took me under his wing for a night. Mm-hmm. His name was Murray. Really sweet guy. Owned a farm. And he was taking me to meet his uh, his girlfriend, who mm. he knew. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. <laughs> but I went there, and uh, he was telling me about his friend who came to Thailand, and he spit on a picture of the king. Mm. He was out drunk one night, walking through the streets, right. and they have their king pictured everywhere. They love him, or at right. least a lot of people love him, not everyone. It's like when people put Martin Luther King's picture on there. Yeah. Like, I would put well, Obama's. in the public sphere, though. Oh, yeah. Just, like, like really. Like, in their house. Yeah. Like, yeah, like not, he's, not he's revered in that way. Like, mm-hmm. let's put up pictures of the king. And so, his buddy just, like, spit a loogie mm-hmm. on this picture. That dude did 10 years hard labor in wow. Thailand. In a Thai prison. Wow. And I met another uh, Australian that night who also did time mm-hmm. in a Thai prison. Wow. And he was going back in a week from the time that I met him. And he told me about the stuff that they did in Thai mm-hmm. prison to him mm-hmm. for drug offenses. Right. It is not... This dude is in a coma. I'm sure worse things happened during his time so. there. It is not... Yeah, I hope that people look at this story and realize, like, yeah, you should travel the world. But when you travel, you need to go with a level of knowledge and respect for yeah. a culture being different. The, the U.S., is very different mm-hmm. than the rest of the world. And I don't take for granted the fact that we have freedoms that a lot of other people don't get to experience. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, we can have a podcast. We talked about this before. And 
We talk yeah. about 45. We, we talk about 45 and not very nice things about him. No. And no one's putting us in hard labor mm-hmm. unless we do that to ourselves. But, you know, like, as far as working out and things, but, like... He might fire us from this podcast. He might. And we'll be like, well, we're still going to do this anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? He might have some thoughts. But I think, you know, we live in a world where, like, SNL can rip a new one mm-hmm. to anyone, you know, yeah. and not... And, and that's the beauty of the freedom of speech that we get to have, right? right? The freedom of expression that we have. As long as it's done tastefully and respectfully. And, um, and it goes back to, like, mm-hmm. when we talk about the Kathy Griffin thing with the whole, like, head well, situation. Well, along that, I mean, do, what about the Caesar thing? So, I think, you know, Shakespeare, I think um, Shakespeare in the Park. So, for, for folks who don't know about this, Shakespeare in the Park is uh, a thing that the public theater does. Um, in Central Park, it's Shakespeare. Like, reimagine Shakespeare in the park, in Central Park. Um, in the... I forget what theater it's called. It starts with a D. But it's a, a theater in the park. Um, and they are doing um, a a Shakespeare... Is it Caesar? It's not Caesar. It's Caesar. It's just Caesar. Yeah. And the person who plays Caesar looks a lot like 45 does a lot of things that 45 has done and then mm-hmm. he gets killed like that's the story the julius caesar style yeah the julius caesar with the style. stabbing and the whatnot exactly spoiler alert spoiler alert julius caesar was stabbed in the back um <laughs> and e2 know, pence what e2 he says e2 brute in the play oh yes but i said e2 pence oh pence ah that's, that does not happen in the play <laughs> it doesn't happen in the play um i mean i think there's a lot of people that pulled their money from the public theater because it is a not-for-profit theater company. Mm-hmm. It's not like Broadway. It's not a for-profit yeah. company. Um, it's like the it's like the public radio station or the public TV access station mm-hmm. for theater. It's public theater. Yeah, considering that, this is pretty edgy. It's super edgy, but it's also like art is supposed to invoke some semblance of of things that are happening in reality that people are thinking about. Whether I don't think people are thinking about like, oh, let's go kill 45. I don't condone it. That's not what we're talking about. But they're looking at, they're taking something that's old, mm-hmm. which is Julius Caesar, and trying to modernize it and help people understand it in a different way. If, if you think it's about 45 and looks like 45, yeah, it's probably about 45. But I don't think it's a big deal. I'm a big supporter of the public theater. Yeah, sure. I would say from the other side of things, looking at how the right views it, I mean, oh, yeah. it's completely disrespectful to think of it. Th- I mean, look, if, if they were doing a play in the park in Oklahoma, I'm just picking a, a random red state, mm-hmm. and this is two years ago, and Caesar looks like Obama. Yeah. And then they stab the crap out of this dude. Mm-hmm. I'd probably feel some type of way about it, sure. but I also would think I would also, as an artist, think poorly of it just because it's too linear. It's just too literal. Yeah, and it's like okay, this is not very creative. Like mm-hmm. let's take Caesar and let's make him into Obama. Right. So I'm more so kind of surprised that they just went that directly because his character. Because if you see the the Caesar they're mm-hmm. talking about, I mean like gold hair long red tie that mm-hmm. goes past the belt line yeah. and just all the mannerisms very, and hand yeah. it's it's him it's very it's it In, is him absolutely instead of taking a caesar who looks like the julius caesar of old and implementing 
some some short little like idiosyncrasies right that kind of speak to our current administration I don't know. I would just. I just wish it. Maybe if it was more subtle, it wouldn't have the reaction it's getting. Right. And maybe that wouldn't be a good thing. Maybe you you want that kind of reaction, but. Yeah, I mean, they they put a statement out, um, like right when all of this kind of happened, mm-hmm. um, Julie, and like because I think the opening night was, about five days ago, mm-hmm. I think, um, and. I think they were just saying, like, you know, we stand by, we understand people's values are important, and and if you don't want to support us, we understand, go ahead and do so. Uh, but we also recognize that, um, so they said, the public theater stands completely behind our production of Julius Caesar. We understand and respect um, the rights of the sponsors and things like that. And they say, such discussions is exactly the goal of our civically engaged yeah. theater. Yeah, that's the point. This discourse, our favorite word, dissonance, discourse, is the basis of healthy democracy. Our production of Julius Caesar yeah. is no way advocates violence towards anyone. Oh. Shakespeare's play and our production makes the opposite point. Those, colon, those who attempt to defend de- democracy by undemocratic means oh, pay, a tra- t- pay a terrible price and destroy the very thing that they are fighting t- for to save. Okay. Fighting the- to save. For over 400 years, Shakespeare's play has told this story, and we are proud to be telling it again in Central Park. That is a good point, because the whole story is not just that Julius gets stabbed, but that after they kill the guy they think is the problem, Mm -hmm. things only get worse. Right. Yeah. The problem is, like, the the themes and the things that you put in place systematically Mm -hmm. to to dismantle what is democracy, right? Or what is, you know you're trying to what you're trying to run uh, yeah in i guess uh, do you think from the right given everything that's been going on in the country the kathy griffith mm-hmm. the caesar the uh well the caesar kathy griffith triggering certain things and you think about the shooting that just happened mm-hmm. do you think and you're talking about the shooting that happened in the the, the baseball yeah. practice that the Republican the congressman had. Yeah. yeah. So you see someone with an agenda against the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You see the animosity brewing mm-hmm. against certain Republicans, especially mm-hmm. 45. Do you think we are seeing, as proposed by a senior Republican recently, do you think we're seeing a rise in violence within the left that we haven't seen before? I don't know if it's a rise in violence because I, I do believe the, the man that did the shooting had some sort of also mental health issues as well. But I also think I wouldn't be surprised if there was a rise, right? Like just numbers wise, if there was a rise because there is violence has been invoked by the right to the left for how many years? Long time. Right from from LGBTQ rights, from rights of people loving who they want to love, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be race, color, creed, yeah, gender. And to be to be clear, when I say the right, I mean people who are politically conservative. Yes. I don't I don't just mean Republicans. No, it's you, politically conservative. Because if you go back into the nineteen forties, fifties, and lynchings and like yeah. killing of black people, that was Democrats. Mm-hmm. But at that time Democrats were the politically the right. Yeah. Politically right. Yeah. So yes. So I don't think I don't think innately when it comes to the 
the values of the left, violence is usually is not the first thing that most people think about. They think about what are some some ways that what are some nonprofits we can have to kind of help dismantle things. I think that's what we because right. the left oftentimes thinks of how can we make the government bigger to help kind of you know yeah. make these things stop. Where the left, where the right is like, well, let's make government as right. small as possible, right? So that's that's the right there. People ask me like, do you think? Uh, like, do you think Trump will get assassinated? I'm like, no. Who's going to kill him? Like, really? Because, like, what, from the left? Who? The people running the co-op at the Whole Foods <laughs> right. in Brooklyn? Like, yeah. You think they're just going to all mount up? Right. And, go? and these are all people who have, like, gun, like want gun control and you want these, you know. The hipsters from Williamsburg yeah. are going to, like, take a one-off from their right. gun control talk. Oftentimes, and oftentimes you see people on the left are from, like, urban and urban more urban areas yeah. um, typically not saying that they don't exist in rural areas the people who do exist in rural areas who they're are very, the left, they're, I feel for you they man. are by themselves in a lot of a lot of times. I've been there I've I've been in and again there. I'm making assumptions of this because I've never lived but you've lived oh, in places man. that are much more rough rougher for those who lean left um, I don't think there's an, a, a thing of violence but I think when you push people so much when you push people to a corner mm-hmm. What like That's what do you you, ex- you have to start fighting at some point, right? Like, do you know? What, I... But what what does that fight look like is going to be different for each person. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm the kind of person, you know. Maybe ten years ago, I would have swung. You know, mm-hmm. now ten years older, I'd mm-hmm. be like, I don't, I'm not going to swing first. Maybe I'll swing like fifth. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, gonna do, you're gonna do a little Mayweather. You're, gonna, you're just gonna you're gonna bop around I'm a little gonna, bit I'm and then we'll give him a cold shoulder and then maybe stick him with the stiff one. Maybe, maybe I'll little... uh, I'll do some little shuffling with my feet. Um, but you know what I mean? I'm like I'm I'm not and I've as much as I like a good tussle. It's like that's I know that's not the right. answer to. It's not the answer to a lot of this and I. And but the thing is, like the right is just as petty. Like Newt Gingrich in Fox and Friends was like, yeah, you know, that like, was... uh, like he said something that was super ignorant, and then it was <sighs> like, and the one of the people was like, do you think like invoking this kind of fear and stuff like that is like appropriate? He's like, yeah, I don't care. And I'm just like, what the hell? Well, at this point, You're not Newt, mature about you can't this. change Newt at oh, this Newt's point. A, Newt's a Anyone, special. yeah, that whole camp. <laughs> what I'm most surprised by with that shooting, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the way that Congress, the left, right, and center, all equally came out and said, we, you know, mm. admonish this action yeah. by this person. This is completely unacceptable. And he and was a Bernie Sanders inhumane. volunteer, like, for his... Yeah, like, Bernie, crazy. And Bernie was like, oh, hell no. Like, was a, yeah. Well, Bernie, you could have come stronger on that gun policy mm-hmm. if you really wanted to. I'm just saying. that. Mm-hmm. Not that that has anything to do with it. You could have a... Gun policies, whatever, mm-hmm. don't keep... People from shooting at yeah, the end of the day. exactly. Yeah. So, whatever. Um, but the guy... Um, the people came out, and they are just all on both sides of the aisle saying, like, yeah, we, we don't approve of this kind of behavior, and True. we all stand together. Paul Ryan had some very nice words, and Nancy Pelosi echoed his mm-hmm. sentiment. But to find out how much... In a time like this... It, 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 it was like watching... A club. It was like watching high school clubs come together. Like the student council and the activities oh, board. Clubs, I, was just, I was thinking of like a bar. And I oh, was like, no. I was like, what high school no, clubs no. did you it, come it to? It reminded me of like people in high school where like they were part of the same like general clique. Some people are on the student council. Some right. people are on the, uh, the high school activity board. Right. Whatever. But at the end of the day, like we're both like 
we're part of like Congress High. <laughs> it's like we're one high school musical because we're all in because this together. when tragedy happens to someone else in yeah. the country, this is what got me most. When tragedy happens to people in the country, we see a a Republican or a Democrat stand up and say. We're with you, people of Orlando. Right. We're with you, people of whatever town. Mm-hmm. Our hearts go out to you. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about their relationships with each other. They talk about, oh, we feel for the people. Right. When their own people, a, a congressional yeah. committee got shot, they're texting each other and, are you okay? And, like, yeah. we know each other's families and we right. really care. We hear about all this bickering and back and forth and contention and this this uh, this divided Congress like we haven't seen mm-hmm. in a very long time. Yeah, not in our lifetime. This but, is pretty divided. But then yeah. you see someone get uh, become the victim of violence, and they talk about how much they like each other. We're actually all friends underneath this yeah. dome. Yeah, I'm just surprised that like you know I I wonder and I hope that the people of who represent us care about us mm-hmm. the people they represent as much as they care about each other or themselves or themselves you yeah. know it just it just yeah. may it just looked to me like this hits home when it's one of us yeah more than it hits home when it's and maybe, a people and maybe that helps with some gun regulation that could happen in the future um but I'm, again, not holding my breath because the gun lobby is... The NRA has a lot of money. Um, if it did happen because of this, I'd be I'd be pretty irritated. I'd, I'd be pissed, actually. Because if, you know, a bunch of seven-year-olds... That's killing, what I'm saying. ...being dead in... If Newtown... In Newtown was not going to make you guys change. But, but you guys were practicing for a baseball game But one of your white old you. guy friends got shot. If gun regulation came after this, I'd, I'd be I'd be happy, livid. but but I would also be like, so... Children don't matter. Yeah, no, no. The gun lobby <laughs> should be should. able to keep it off the table after something like this. Yeah. I don't want to see gun regulation after this incident. I would be disgusted. You know, but you know, and the thing is, like, I think even President Obama, when Newtown happened, was just like, I don't know what else it's gonna take. You have these like five, six, seven year olds shot dead. That's not enough to make you guys think that we should probably regulate some of this stuff and. Get it? Get more background checks. We're not saying get it. Get rid of it. Just background checks. That's what checks. I'm saying. I just don't understand why the idea of background checks is such. A, I so I yeah. I went to school in rural areas for mm-hmm. undergrad and grad school. Yeah. And in grad school, I'll never forget going to the flea market mm-hmm. out there in the sticks of eastern Tennessee, out in the Appalachians. Right, and they the, had guns everywhere. Guns everywhere. But I could have walked up to one of these joints with these with these <laughs> rifles and these military grade weapons and handguns, and just I wouldn't have taken me more than five minutes to get the appropriate handgun or That's weapon I wanted. Wild. Yeah, I'm just like, how can you drive out to this gravel flea market, right, and just go get yourself, you know, a bushel of apples, some like. <laughs> Led Zeppelin T-shirt and a and a rifle and the AK forty seven AK forty seven with clips like I don't enough like, clips to last a lifetime you you know like you want a machete with that <laughs> like seriously they had all the all the weapons yeah I don't uh, understand why so but the idea of but I also get this too I'm starting to watch in this this is what's good about our country right now is I'm starting to understand how 
serious a problem it is Mm -hmm. that we've left a good number of people behind Mm -hmm. in their livelihood. And I listen to things, you know, you Mm -hmm. probably hear this too on morning radio Mm -hmm. or public radio. We're going to interview a family from West Virginia or like rural Pennsylvania who live in this town that has been a coal mining town right. for decades, if not and centuries. People and people working there for years, family, yeah. generations of families. Blue working. collar, working right. class. We have been able to have a job, a pension, food for my family, and it's like a livable income. You right. know, you can live in this rural area. And now those jobs are gone, clean energy and whatnot technology and advancement Mm -hmm. all good things but i don't got a job yeah but if you live in that area and that that plant is down what do you do hartford connecticut Mm -hmm. uh, is losing aetna insurance company did not know that after 150 years they're like i was on aetna for some time so was i yeah like healthcare super giant is leaving after 150 years and so that's like eight thousand jobs or Mm -hmm. something like that in the middle of connecticut and you know, it's just think about when a business like that leaves and, and what it does to the, the folks who depended on that. Yeah. So, like, I now I'm starting to uh, really look at the landscape of things yeah. and uh, the, the difference and the divide seems clearer to me now. Yeah. I don't think our current administration is the answer to that. No. But I... I don't think anyone... Well, I don't know who is. Don't. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if we have an answer on the left or the right to fix what has been very broken these mm-hmm. past six months of brokenness. And, I, and some people say Bernie was the answer. Bernie was not the answer. No. Bernie could not have won that election, uh, in my opinion. But yeah. there's still someone who needs to... And it's not someone. It's like a collective cultural change that needs to happen yeah. for it's all of us. It's a systematic change that needs to happen because no yeah. one person is going to save... No one's going to be Jesus here. This like, too, yeah. It's just like, only Jesus can save all of this if you believe in Jesus. But like at this point, there's no Jesus equivalent in the human world to we save the nonsense that's going on. The two-party system is really not... It's not our thing. On the one hand, I like going to a restaurant with only a few options on the menu. Because I know <laughs> you do those things well. Right. And I see too many options, it becomes overwhelming and sure. I don't know what to do. But when you have just two-party options... It makes uh, the everyone said it. I'm choosing between the lesser of two evils right now. You know, and it's really not evil. It's just lesser of two things that you. Yeah, metaphor. I'm just speaking like expression, but yeah. um, When I look at France and seeing what uh, Emmanuel Macron Mm -hmm. and his new party have done, right? They pretty much took control of everything with a brand new party. Yeah, like what? We could learn something from that. I would love to learn about that. Yeah. Anyway. Is there anything else? I feel like we talked about a lot of different things. We, we were planning on not talking about we the didn't shooting. T- you know what we did not talk about? You, we talked about uh, someone's twins, but we didn't talk about someone else's twins. Okay, so I want to, I have a bone to pick with Ariana Huffington and the HuffPost, because when Amal and George Clooney's twins was announced to the world, yeah. I got a pop-up saying, the twins have arrived during one of our... Clickbait. So, I was at a work event. It was a, a big work event where there's a lot of people, kind of higher-ups around. And I looked on my Twitter, and they're like, oh my god, oh my god. And it was like, hashtag, beehive, Beyonce. And then I got the pop-up from my HuffPost saying, the twins have arrived. And of course, 
I may or may not have almost had a panic attack in that moment in front of everyone that I work with. And I uh, freaked out. I switched and I, I, you know, clicked on it. I'm like, oh, it's Amal and George Clooney's twins. (laughs) Which I'm very happy about. I'm so happy for them because carrying twins is, you know... Like, that's a hard work. That's hard work. I can't even imagine carrying one one thing. <laughs> so, um, but uh, Beyonce, I need you to have these babies and bless my life. Did I heard she was in labor? I mean, everyone thought that day when George and Amal's came out that oh, is that what people were reacting? Yeah, to? They thought they, she was in labor because of that. Because they because everyone's like, oh, the twins have arrived. So of course we're thinking oh. the twins. Oh. The Carters have arrived. Oh gosh! So I thought it was simultaneous. No, I thought we had. Can you imagine four kids coming out? Can you imagine if the Clooney's and the Carters like had twins at the same time? The world would explode. Wait, did they have it on Forty Five's birthday? Because I heard what they were having. When is Forty Five's birthday? Uh, it was like two days ago. Oh, uh, that I think I could be wrong, but someone told me it was his birthday. Like a couple days ago, Donald Trump's birthday. Ooh, I said his name. Yuck. Um, June fourteenth. <laughs> yeah, so that was yesterday. Yeah. Thank God it wasn't on the twelfth because that's my baby boy's birthday. Yeah. Okay. Little Wrigley's Wrigley turned five. Everyone, and for those of you who want to know, in dog years, that's thirty-five. He is thirty-five years. He's older than both of us. That's right. <laughs> He's senior in the house. Yep. Um. But yeah. Anyway, so we're still waiting. We're, we're still, still waiting. waiting on the Carters. We're waiting on the Carters. No, it's going to be a happy family. I wonder how many they'll have in total I by think the end this of it might all. be it. You never know. Yeah, never I mean, say never. Jay-Z's made a couple comebacks, and so... <laughs> You're right. You know? And I'm pretty sure they did in vitro for this. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when you have twins and twins don't run in your family, you probably did some sort of assistance in your, in your, birth, your birth plan. Can you plan for twins? Can you do that with it? Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah, and you can. There's a lot of there's different ways of getting birth assistance mm-hmm. uh, from in vitro fertilization to like picking if you want a boy or a girl, which is also like very interesting. Um, People are speculating that Beyonce is not actually carrying the twins, or this time she is carrying the twins. Well, but because the first she's sending she a lot of pictures. She's I, showing a lot of pictures. Right, but I'm just like, the first time they said she wasn't carrying the twin, so the, the child, and I'm like, can you leave her this alone. woman's body out Thank of you. your mouth? Thank you. Thank you. And also, and we find out later, that before she had Blue, she had a couple of miscarriages. So her pregnancy was always going to be, when you have mm-hmm. one miscarriage, you're just afraid that you're just going to miscarry again. Yeah. You know, like, I can only... I can, it's I very can, common from what I understand. Yeah, like, it's super common. Like, more than half uh, what I heard, people I've, will miscarry before they have a kid. Yeah. I, I know people in my family. I know people in my family who've struggled to have kids. Yeah. I've known people in my family who've had miscarried. I know friends who have miscarried or, or even suffered with postpartum after they've even had the baby because, mm. like, whether yeah. it was miscarried or fully term. Um... So, like, yeah, everyone get your freaking mouths cleaned up because don't put Beyonce's name in your mouth unless it's saying how wonderful she is. And and the postpartum, maybe it was Brooke Shields who who made this known, but, like, postpartum depression Mm -hmm. is real and common. Mm -hmm. And it was something I think we used to think happened to a select number of Mm -hmm. mothers. Right. But it actually happens to 
a lot, and they. I was. I assume everyone goes through postpartum. I think that's safe. If I mean, it's just. I think you just need to give people the space because how shocking is it to your body Hmm. to have carried something for ten months, nine months to ten months, to then now have this human that you hopefully. Pregnancy-wise, like, the birth plan yeah. came out pretty okay. There's no manual. There's no manual. No one's There's found, no user guide. Right. And then you have... And then, if you are like many mothers and mother-in-laws that are out there, everyone has an opinion of how you have to raise this little human. Um, my parents never really went through that because they... Um, so, I, and, and a lot of, at least first-generation Desi parents didn't have a lot of their family members telling them how to raise their kids because they were in there. Mm-hmm. They were here. Their parents were in India, Pakistan, wherever they were from. Um, so I noticed that, like, now those parents who have kids that are, like, my age that have kids, they're, like, all up in their kids' business about how to raise their kid. Yeah. Like, like no, you can only give them Brita water. Like, uh, New York City tap water is delicious. Oh you should be gosh. fine. You and know, I like- believe them. I honestly <laughs> believe... No, I, I believe in New York City tap water. Yeah. But I believe that these parents believe this from experience of course because they they raised three kids they raised right. four kids like they also maybe raised even some grandkids along the way um i've seen it i've seen it play out in varying ways among friends and family that i'm just kind of like i told my mom i'm like ma you are a great mother dad you're a great father but if, if i ever have children <laughs> I will let you know if I want your opinion. Ah, <laughs> do you think it's helpful to uh, read books on parenting? Or think, do you think it's do you think there's advantage to reading someone's edited literature over listening to opinions or would you go with opinions of those you love? I think you should do a mix of both. And I think instinctly there is in, like whether you are a father, a mother, whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual relationship, partnership, whatever it may be, family is going to, the modern family is going to be what you want it to be. And I think as long as you're communicating with your partner, if you have a partner Mm -hmm. in raising a child, um, about what that could look like and educating yourself the best way that you can, you know, whether it be from books or from the people that you trust, like, I trust my friends, like, when I, and this is, again, not comparing my dog to a child, but, like, I read, read up on stuff when I had Wrigley, but I also talked to other people yeah, who had sure. dogs, and who was like, okay, this is what you need to do, these mm-hmm. are, these are the things you need, these are the things you don't need, these are the things the books say that you should have, but you don't need this, you need, you need these things instead, and I, I found that to be incredibly helpful, so I imagine if I were to have children, which I don't think I will, but if I were to have children... Um, I can't believe I said that on the podcast. Um, it's on wax. It's on. It's there. Oh well. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about it later. Um, that you know, if I were to have children, like I would obviously talk to my parents or my cousins, who I think mm-hmm. are amazing parents, about what they think that I should do, and I will also read on things. But then at the end of the day, I have to follow my gut. My gut's never been wrong. It, my gut is my heart and my brain that working together. Funny, yeah, it's never been wrong. My, my gut. gut's never been wrong. I, as you say that, I'm sitting here thinking the last time my gut was wrong, and I can't think of one. No. I'm sure I have been yeah. wrong. My gut says, "Don't worry about it." Yeah, we did what we had to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, you just gotta you just gotta trust your instinct, your your ability to be a kind person and. I can imagine if I had a child that I would love that child, mm-hmm. like as unconditionally as a human can, and 
want the best for them and expect a lot of them and be disappointed. I'll be disappointed in them. All of, like it, it is called life, <laughs> you know? Um, and that's fine. I, uh, it's gotta be such a hard job. Like parenting has got to be the hardest job in the world. People say that, but yeah. now that I'm getting older, I, and I don't know if I plan on having kids or not. Mm-hmm. I, I have no future plans of that anytime soon, but, uh, you'd be a good dad though. Well, thanks for the vote of confidence, <laughs> but I, I don't want that job. And there You're was, like, I haven't applied. I don't want that. I don't have the resume ready for it. I'm good. I, it's f- no cover letter. You don't have references. In Juno, when she holds the kid mm-hmm. at the end, yeah. and the mother's standing there. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it. I watched Juno twice, and I watched it once with friends, and I was like, Mom, you should see this. Mm-hmm. And so I watched it with my mom. At the end, Juno's holding the, the baby boy, a girl, I don't remember, but holding the baby, mm-hmm. and her mother... Uh, played by Allison CJ. Danny. Yes, Danny. I CJ. Yeah, it's CJ from from West Wing. Yeah, she's standing at the door, just looking at her yeah. with a smile on her face, and and uh, Juno says, "How do I look?" And the mother, <laughs> mother says, "Scared of shit." <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. My mom's like, when I was like, "Yep, that is exactly right." And yeah. uh, my mom had me when she, she was older in her thirties. Yeah. And so, like, even then, she was like, "I had no like yeah. who." There's no, you like, you know, when there's something wrong with your TV or an electronic device or a, even a pillow, right. you turn it over and look for the tag. Right. How do I wash this? How right. do I correct this? What's the number I call? There's, there was no tag None on of you. that's on a kid. <laughs> None of, there's no parts or switch or anything. Right. Um, I remember uh, on, I went on this conference trip and I was in a city and I went to their community center nearby, mm-hmm. the conference center, and... It was pretty, on a Thursday, mm-hmm. it was pretty empty. Very large space. Right. And I went to just uh, sit down and do some work on my laptop. Relatively uh, quiet. Mm-hmm. Sorry, y'all. And then we had a Saturday to myself. Mm-hmm. And I also need to get some stuff done before my flight. So I went in to the same place on Saturday, this community center. Like five stories tall, this community center with a poetry library and everything else. Mm-hmm. I walked into Rava Palooza for an an all out afternoon dance party for people eight and Rave, under. Rava Palooza. Rava Palooza. I was like, is that a person? But I don't no. know what that is. Rava Palooza was a a, a rave mm-hmm. scheduled for like toddlers. Oh my god, that's like, so adorable. Yeah. Uh, so there are all these like. Two, three, four, five, eight-year-olds running around. They're like poking things and touching each other and just like just germs, snot everywhere. and tears and just like people missing teeth. It looked like a hockey game. This is like with little people, just little people, and they're just like just ridiculous. And I'm looking. I'm just like you cannot move in this place. Like there are easily. There are easily 500 kids in this space. Are you being obnoxious no, right now? No, <laughs> no. I mean, like, multi five stories tall, this building, community center. In the middle is a mosh pit dance floor of parents and kids. Oh, fun. And then, you know, it was cute, yeah. like, for sure. But then there's you're, also, but like... But you're like, I'm not here for this. I'm trying to get out. <laughs> I'm trying to walk. And they're just like, you can't walk more. Than, you have to take baby steps because they're taking baby steps. And they might run into your kneecap with their forehead. So you have to be careful. And then I, uh, I'm going very gingerly. And the parents, 
It's one of those things where the parents don't have to say excuse me right. after a while because they've said it 40 million times right. already. So yeah. it's like their kid's not watching where they're going right. and they run like right into your path of walking. So you yeah. just stop completely. Let the kid like... They're drunk. The kid's right. drunk. Just let it like walk. Toddlers, like babies, are drunk little humans. Yeah, yeah. And the parents are just like, uh, uh. they're just like walking after them. You know, you know the like the the hunch over parent, yeah. like where they're like walking, but they're like bent at the knees and hunched over with the hands yeah. out just a little bit because yeah. they're like in case something happens. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> just in case. So I just in there and I'm just watching all this happen. And then I sit down. I find a spot where I can put in my headphones, work on my laptop. I secure a seat. There's right. no seat anywhere. I right. finally find one. I'm comfortable. And uh, then I just watch these parents give their kids away to the docent or, or mm. whoever the leader is that day to take them to the poetry library. So they're like, all right, kids, we're going to go to the poetry library. We're going to leave mom and dad and they're going to blah, blah, blah. So the parents are like, okay, bye. We'll see you when you come out. They sit down in a circle and everyone looks like they're ready to take a group nap. <laughs> <laughs> they're just talking. They're the like, parents. I've been consistently tired for 18 years. <laughs> sitting down, cross-legged, Talking to each other, I'm watching these professionals, just like, you know, they have jobs by day, but right. Saturday they're with their kids, and they're right. talking to each other about, how is, how's it going with your kid? Yeah. Like, because my kid does weird things. What does yeah. your kid do? And they're just trying to, like, piece together some kind of understanding of how to do their jobs. Right. And, but then I started noticing that none of them are smiling, <laughs> and I look around the entire, so we've talked about, like, thousands of people in right. this space. I look around at all the parents. I'm like, let's play a game. Look for the parent who's smiling. Oh, my God. I could not find one. I Everyone looks stressed out of their mind. Well, I think you're, you're also in a location where like exactly. that is a very stressful It's very thing. stressful. Because when you're with just your kid in a contained it's space, so lovely. it's fine. I you're think about my niece TV. all the time like that. And like my niece is the apple of my eye. Mm-hmm. She's to, around soft things and people mm, who care. Yeah. And her parents are just like... Are, clearly tired and will be tired for the foreseeable future but like they're just so happy yeah like when she smiles and when she giggles uh i can't it's just like it melts my heart it's warm and it's comfortable but when you put that in the middle of rave palooza right there's so many variables too many too much too much stimulation but i realized too like the parents must worry all the time about their kids i am 30 years old and my Dad worries about my dad and my mom worries about me all the time. For sure, all the time. I'm 30 years old. I'm a working woman. I'm. You're still. I know how to cook, but I am still like to to till the day they die or I die. (laughs) I am still that alien looking baby that popped out. I don't know how my parents loved me because I was not cute. Most babies aren't cute when they come out. Oh, I I, man though, but I did not look cute. I got cuter. I didn't think I like. Later, yeah. I got cuter. Yeah. Um, and then I got really awkward for the most of my life. But then, yeah. but <laughs> then it was just like, then it was just awkward. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But like, I'm still going to be that kid that was on my dad's shoulder, you know, holding his hair. Yeah, like, sure. And walking down the street. Like, I was the brat that would not walk and be like, Dad, carry me. You know, like, that's what he's going to always see. Mm. He said that to me the other day, and I was just like, oh, Dad, you're so sweet. That's cute. Happy Father's Day to our dads. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day, for sure. Dad's to, Day. Yeah, to Dad's Day. Happy Father's Day to, well, everyone calls my dad Matthew. And to... Norm. Norm. Is it Norman? It's Norman. Mm. No middle name. No middle name. Very fun. 
But yeah, anything else you want to chat about? No, I feel good. We dabbed. We did a lot of dabbling. Mm -hmm. More than we thought we were going to. Yeah, let's roll into dribbling. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right, so it's time. Time for what? It's time to dribble. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. I've been waiting for this moment. Okay. We need to process. We need to process everything. We had a really great dabbling section. I'm very proud of our dabbling section. But Award winning. This is the award winning, I would agree. Yeah. One of the best. However, I think this is going to be the meat and potatoes of our our (sighs) cast, as it always is. Do turn back now. If your heart's not ready. (laughs) You're not ready. You need to... (laughs) You need to get strong because this is going to be a real tough... We got things on our minds. So, we are... We went to five games for the NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the current champions, the 2017 NBA champions, the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, I was really... We both... We both saw the Cleveland game that they won, right? Did we see that? We both saw it. We saw it separately. I saw the last two minutes. Okay. I saw the whole game. Mm. I saw pretty much the whole game of every game except for, I think, one. I saw most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I conversely tried to watch as little as possible. I know. I just... I care way too much. Yeah. I, I, and, I rec- and I realized that the last game. And so I was sitting here in this room mm-hmm. watching the game. Um watching the fifth game and at for, and and for a while Cleveland was leading the fir- pretty much the first half they were leading for a little bit yeah. um and it just be it nerves just getting tired they've been playing a hell of a lot of games you know like all season into the postseason um because again we talk about stamina to run with it. it they they were just making really dumb mistakes did you lots of turnovers in, in for me, as I wasn't watching it, mm-hmm. I would log on to ESPN. I would see just like the updated score, right? Box as, scores as, or as it was yeah. going. Yeah. Um, was there? Did you notice at a point for you where, if the Warriors were ahead by a certain amount, mm-hmm. I don't know what that amount was for mm-hmm. you, but like at a certain point, you realized it's not coming back. Like, if it was first quarter, second quarter, third, mm-hmm. whatever. If the Warriors were ahead by a certain amount, right, the game is gone. Like they're they're taking it. Not the last game. Really, I didn't think that the last game. I only thought that at like two minutes left of the fourth quarter. Because I really, I was just like, no man, LeBron wants this, Kyrie wants this, Love wants, like they want this, they want this, they're going to, they're going to do it. They can, st- this can still come back. This can still come back. And then. I think at two minutes I was I I had like it's as though someone at two minutes like put the mirror in front of me <laughs> and was like, "Are you dumb? <laughs> do you I, know who they're? Do you see this? Do you? Are you stupid? Open your eyes. Uh, no, I literally any time that that lead was seven points. Yeah. If the Warriors had a seven point lead, yeah. I I said to myself. That ain't coming back. No. They I, would just keep rolling. Yeah. Even in game... So the first three games, anytime... And it was like first quarter. It right. was, they were up by seven. First quarter, I was like, oh, they're not. They're, yeah. This is a blowout. Yeah. 
and the Cavs can never catch up. Right. The the fourth game where they the Cavs won, right? I watched. I was like, please don't let them get the lead. Just don't ever let them get the lead. Right. And they had to have eighty six points mm-hmm. at the half. A, yeah, it was wild. Cavs had eighty six points, which is the most first half points. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And the you know how many the Golden State Warriors had sixty nine. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, well, yes, very good. Uh, I'm, but I'm a, I'm a pervert. Anyway. You're, you're so, they, they had almost 70 points. That's yeah. what the Cavs had to do to keep pace with them. And they had 86 points and that was only the first half. Yeah. So people were looking at it like, oh yeah, the Cavs are going to win this one. We only played one half of basketball. There's so much more left. And it's this not is like college this ball. A, There's right. another half. And they, they, they fended them off. But like, no, seriously, this, this is what we thought would happen. Yeah. And so I sat there just really, I don't know how you felt. So I've watched a lot of games throughout the season. Yeah. Um, pretty much anytime if, I, if it was on TV, if I could catch it, I would, especially if the Bulls were playing, you know, or, you know, the Knicks were playing, who are probably the most well-rested team in the NBA. Um, yes. You know, like, I want to watch it because I enjoy the game of ball because I think every... Every game matters, you know, whether it's in October, December, February, March, April, June, right? Uh, whatever it may be. I, I guess. Well, it matters as far as the chemistry of the team. Yes. It, yes. That's, that's what I like watching, yeah, the chemistry refining, of the team. Yeah. And refining what the, what the communication is going to look like between the, team, the teammates mm-hmm. on the court, off the court, um, what it looks like, you know, um, yeah. in the locker room, those kinds of things. Like, how do they come back from a deficit? Because those are all things that you need to practice and practice those muscles so that if you do go to the finals, you're able to combat that, you know? When you are in a deficit, how do you fix it, you yeah. know? How do you face adversity? How do you face that adversity as a team, right? Because it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I'm just... And I thought to myself, well, yeah, we all expected this, you know, when you have... An incredibly talented player like KD going to an incredibly talented team like the Golden State Warriors. Are we surprised that they won? No. So boring. Right, and it was super boring in that way. And then I don't know what happened, and so I don't know what KD did to my heart. He did something. He did some sorcery. What is this? You're giving me such a nasty look right now. Go ahead. I sat there and I thought. I am really happy for him to now, for him to be an MVP, uh, league MVP as well as finals MVP, mm-hmm. um, and to have a ring sure. at the end of the day, because now he won't be like those players who yeah. were one of the greats but never got the ring, it's right? It's liberating. It's very liberating. As much as I think, yeah, it was kind of easy, like, right? Because you're yes. in this stacked yeah. team. It's not kind of easy. It was, incre- it was incredibly easy. And even Steve Kerr said, like, when they were asking him, like, how did you, you know, put... KD into the mix. Like, I think that's what Doris asked him that question. Like, how did you... And he's like, it wasn't hard. (laughs) Like, it's... it's, Draymond said everything was easy. Yeah, he's like, he's like, if we had to lose so that we could get KD and win win this, we're good. I'm okay with it, you know? Thanks for letting us lose, you know? Um, And I sat there and I'm just like, I'm really happy for him because you know what? And then I started thinking about it if it was me. If I was at a place of my work where they pay me money... Mm -hmm. And I was unhappy there for whatever reason, or that my goals weren't being met, that mm-hmm. my personal professional goals were not being met. Yeah. What do you do? You look for a better job. Right. So why am I sitting here mm-hmm. oh. pissed at KD yeah. for wanting a better job? 
And I, and I sat there thinking, it's not a perfect logic. It's not perfectly logical the way I said it, but I'm just like, look, he, he's what, 10 years. He's been in the league now, I think. Something like that. Yeah. And he's been in OKC for all of that, except for this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, and he is significant. He's been good. He's never not been good. Um, and he just wanted something better for himself and, if I, and he went to a place that would give him what he wanted and needed and he's happier about it. And I can't, I'm happy for him. And I looked at it and I, and I, in that moment, I was like, oh my God, this team is so unselfish. That's why this works. Cause you got a bunch of unselfish people, minus like Draymond and Zaza who are just really annoying and whatever. But you have these unselfish people who are who I would say if I saw, if I like, I wouldn't get like a beer with them, but I would be like, oh, they're decent people. They're decent humans. That's why they work. They're unselfish. They bought into a system that works that I don't think a LeBron would work in. I don't think a Kobe could work in that system because you have to be unselfish to work in, to work in that system. That's why this works. So that's, so those are all my feelings (laughs) and you disagree with me. Go. I'm not ready. I really thought we were friends. You really did? <laughs> you hate me now? <laughs> no, I don't. Everything that you're saying makes sense to me, and I don't disagree with your um, condoning of KD going someplace where... I don't... I, I still think it's a. it was a cop-out move. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. I think it's a cop-out move, but I, under, I, it, I understand it now a little bit more. Because he wants the ring. He, he chased the well, ring. Well... And he, lo- he made, okay, the, he but made what a it, league last night. Well, here's, here's my... It's only because of the... What led up to this over the last four years mm-hmm. that makes this tough for me. Okay. Because... What am I missing? Um, and the denial of it. So that's, what, that's what bothers me. Okay, so, so what... What's, so so have, explain. So... Do you remember when LeBron took all the heat for making the decision to go to South Beach? Right. I vaguely remember this. I, I remember it very There was clearly. an episode where I think he went to I had vacation in He's being Miami. sarcastic. I don't <laughs> re- quite recall. He recalls everything. <laughs> there was a, he, and he, he remembers everything. He went, he went. He did four years of t- college. He yeah. did four. Well, mm-hmm. he left a team in Cleveland that mm-hmm. he was the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. He, he, he just like Magic Johnson esque, Michael Jordan esque, right. leaving the hometown mm-hmm. team to go play for, play with his friends. Mm-hmm. So he took less money mm-hmm. to go play on a team that struggled to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? So Dwayne needed help. Right. And so and he's like, give him that You're help. my buddy. We played on USA together. Mm-hmm. Chris is coming too. Mm-hmm. For all of us to be here, we have Chris to take. Came, Chris Bosch came from where? Toronto. That's what it was. I was like, it was that team with the black jersey. I mm-hmm. just couldn't remember which one. They played together and they took less money. Right. They're like, we'll all take less money to play with our friends and win a title together. So they did that on a uh, on a team that wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. Well, not terrible, but like just not great. Right. Not an elite team. Mm-hmm. Then he comes back to Cleveland, but still everybody gave him a hard time for going to Miami, including Kevin Durant. Kevin oh, Durant shoot. I completely forgot about that. said that was wrecking the league. He criticized that move to shoot. go to a super team. 
Okay. Oh, which, by the way, LeBron doesn't think he was part of a super And that's what I'm going to get to. That's what I'm going to get to. The denial piece is what I'm going to get to. So uh, Kevin Durant said in social media, I can't believe what? Like all of us are going to just join up on super teams now? That's whack. When he was playing for OKC. with OKC yeah. and Russell Westbrook. Right. Okay. A probably league MVP this year. So... We'll June 26th. June 26th. <laughs> we'll find out on the 26th. So he then, now fast forward, the Warriors beat LeBron James's Cavaliers, right. who he came to play with again. Three years ago. Three years ago. Mm-hmm. Next year, they have 73 wins. Right. 73, which is the most in NBA history. But it don't mean a thing. And as you got the ring. 73 wins is the most anyone's ever had in a single season. You are the best team in the regular mm-hmm. season the league has ever seen. In its you history. have set three-point yeah. records left and right. Right. Now you go into the playoffs, and oh my gosh, you almost won't... You're not going to make it to the, uh, the finals because in the Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors had a... A problem, a hard time with who last year. Do you remember they almost didn't make it to the finals against the Cavs yeah. because they were down three one. You're talking about Golden, Golden State, State, State was with, down three one because of um, for with the Cavs. Yes. No. They were OKC in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, you talking about the West? I thought you were yeah, talking yeah, the finals. Yeah. Okay, no. so Western Conference with the okay, yes, all right. They were down against OKC. Who was the problem? OKC. No, I know OKC well, yeah. was the problem, but well, well, who was Kevin Durant and Russell right. Westbrook? Okay, right. So you're down three one to a team you shouldn't be down three one to. Mm-hmm. You won seventy three games and now you're down three one. Mm-hmm. How did they come back to win three straight games and win that series? Partly because of Westbrook. I mean, no, because of, no, of Durant. Because of Kevin Durant had he a did not show up. horrible. Yeah shooting performance mm-hmm. for three straight games. And I think we talked about it in one of the first episodes because yeah. we were like, we're not even going to say his name. <laughs> I, like, um, so you go on a terrible shooting streak, shooting streak with your team that you've been with for like eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. And then you, you lose to this team who just won 73 games, allowing them to go on. Right. Play against mm-hmm. LeBron James Cavaliers, who he is destined to win a championship for. Like, this is why he came home to Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. They want to take this away from his destiny, right? Yeah. The, the city of Cleveland, who has not won a championship in 50 years, okay? And so they go on. The Cavaliers then win. You decide in the offseason you're going to get your money. Right. You got good money. Real to, good money. Real good money to go play with a team that has won more games than anyone yeah. in NBA history and who just blew a 3-1 lead mm. against a guy who was destined to win a championship for his team. And the reason they made it to the finals was be partly because of you. Yeah. I And then... Fast forward, so now you're on the team. Everyone's happy that you joined the Warriors. Right. And you made them a super team. Whether you've people made them it, a believe it or not. super team, and you're just like, okay, no, we just like playing together. It's going to be fun. When They all do of us, play very well together. Sure, and they are unselfish, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But when we're all looking around saying, the Warriors are the favorite to win. We've been saying that since the offseason. Yeah, from They're the, the favorite to win. Yeah. They're the favorite to win. Right. You had the best record in the They've NBA again. They've been playing. And we were like, they're going to win. Right. Yeah. And then you went down 
you you got hurt mm-hmm. for a, an, a, I think a it month. Was like six, six weeks. I think it was yeah, six. He was like down a, six a month weeks. and yeah. a half, and the team ultimately uh, did well. Um, yeah, not surprisingly. They had, they had who Curry, did they have stepped? They had no, Thomas. I mean, obviously they had their regular starters. Thompson. But who, who stepped up for him? Well, just Draymond did his thing, and Matt Barnes came in off oh, the that's right. free agency. I was saying, like somebody came in, and the Warriors point. looked like the Warriors looked last year, except they didn't have Andrew Bogut or Harrison Barnes, and that was fine. Right. So they did just fine. Then you come back, you go to the finals, you win again, you sh- you sweep everyone through the finals. Except the Cavs. Except one game in the finals in right. which that team had to score 86 points and a half just to, to keep pace with you. And so at the end of the, the, at the end, so all of this is just me saying the difference between you and Miami, or LeBron going to Miami is mm-hmm. LeBron went to a team that was not successful. Right. And also... He made it successful, He made to be it honest. more successful. And they Le- actually had struggled to get to the... Fun- like, they, it yes. wasn't like an easy-peasy thing for them. Exactly. They lost the first year they went against mm-hmm. the Mavericks. Yeah. Then he, uh, they, they took pay cuts for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, like, look, the dude was a villain for that. Yeah. So... He was a villain mostly also... Because of how he did it, because sure. he was a kid. Sure, he was. But at the end kid. of all that, when we all said, "Okay, you went to a seventy-three win team, you swept everybody, damn near. Mm-hmm. You're a part of a super team." And he denies it. And he says, "No, we're not a super team." Well, LeBron also said the same exact thing in the, during the post. Uh, okay. He thought he wasn't part of a super okay. team either. Okay, but, but no, 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 yes, but between the part, two, he's not part of. When a super Kevin team. Durant, when Kevin Durant says of LeBron James leaving. To go to South Beach, what's with all these super teams? This isn't a good right. idea. And now you're part of one, and you deny that you're part of one? Yeah. When you had, a, you joined a 73-win team and yeah. swept almost everyone through the playoffs. We're not part of a 70-win. You have two MVPs on your team who are under the age of 30. And, and people who are going to win probably some more. Um, Four of you were on the USA team. Yeah, and they're going to win more like Defensive Player of the Year with... Uh, What's his face? Draymond. Draymond, thank you. You So all of that is just to say, I think Kevin Durant's win is great for him. And I'm no. happy that he has a ring and he can go down to history books as having a ring. I think the way that he did it leaves something to the imagination. Sure. I mean, it's just, it's just, I don't know what he would have done if he had been in a smaller, a smaller market team like, OKC mm-hmm. and won it with Russell Westbrook would have meant I think so it much been, more. No, I think it would have been sweeter. And we've talked about that before, that I think he, if he stayed in OKC, and I think he would have given a run for Golden State's team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Did you see what ESPN had on their headlines after the game was over? Just no. like all the different stories that ran after? No. I would say 80% of the stories related to the Cavaliers. Eighty percent of the stories on I saw the first thing I treated the last game of the finals like the election. Mm. I went to bed before the results because I didn't want to see it. I wanted to wake up and find out. So I woke up. And then up. you woke up to turmoil. The first in your thing, life. <laughs> the first thing is Kevin Durant holding two trophies and right. confetti coming down. Great for him. Great. Yeah. Them. Cavalier story. Cav story. Cav story. Cav story. Cav story. And everything was about LeBron James's legacy mm-hmm. and how. Should we hold this against him? Nah, this doesn't say anything. He averaged a triple double through right. the finals, like which is insane. So insane in the membrane. And even when Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and the the gang won, mm-hmm. all that the media wanted to talk about was the Cavaliers. Yeah. And for me, 
And you said they play unselfish ball, and you don't think LeBron would work well in that no, system? No, I don't think he would. Why? Because he averages nine assists a game. It's not... No, it's not... When I think about unselfishness, it's not just who's holding the ball and who's... Like, it's not that. It is the the airtime and the space that he takes on and off the court. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. That would not work with Golden State. It really wouldn't. Yeah, they all tussle and talk and things. And by the way, the... The, <laughs> the Tristan Thompson makeout session that happened. <laughs> I didn't see it in real time, but I saw all the I pictures. I saw it in real time. I saw all the pictures. And I was like, ooh, that's close. You're, you're about to make out. Does Chloe know that, uh, you know. I wish to... <laughs> Tristan Thompson. Like, it, it, LeBron advocated for him to get all that money, and then he did not have yeah. the postseason I wanted. But you were saying that. So, no, but I'm saying the unselfishness is not about the, because I don't think it's, I have never thought of LeBron as a ball hog. I've never thought of him that way, and I think sure. his numbers show that he isn't. Sure. Um, however, I think... Large personality. It's a large personality that I think would overshadow and bring a team down in a way that if someone doesn't know how to manage that... It's similarly the way that I think of like when Michael was in the Bulls, he was this he was this huge presence, mm-hmm. and there was just like a huge shadow that kind of followed him, mm-hmm. you know, right? Like, because this is... This is this big dude. But if you didn't have the Scotty Pippen to yeah. help stroke some, like not only stroke the ego of of Michael, because Michael and Rodman didn't get along to, at all. Sure. Um, but you had Pippen in the middle able to kind of manage the personalities. He had the emotional intelligence. He was a mediator. Yeah, he was a mediator. He had the emotional intelligence to be like, okay, I know Mike just yelled at you right now. Mm-hmm. You actually needed to hear that. Yeah. But let me tell you, let me like, Soften it up a little bit for yeah. you. Or let me soften you up a little bit right now before you get hit real hard yeah. by, by Mike, you know? Um, and that's just what he was. I don't think there's anyone on that team that would take on that role. To, not, not saying that LeBron is going to just go yell at everybody and be like Mike, because I don't think he's... Because I think we've talked about often how... Excuse me. That LeBron is really good with his teammates and really brings them into the fold. And he's, you know, he brings a lot of like camaraderie. So I don't think he's like Mike and that he's like untouchable, but I think he's a large personality when you put him with Steph with, um, well with Draymond and him that they're actually friends, which, yeah, I'm, which fine. I'm like, that's so interesting. I wonder what those conversations are like. I have a lot of feelings about what those conversations could be like. You're, you're just like daydreaming. I'm just like, my eyes are wide open and I'm just like, <laughs> I just, it's, I, I was just so curious to know what you talk to Draymond about because I can't even imagine what that's like. Remember that time that they're probably just like, remember that time you hit me in the groin? <laughs> yeah, with you know yeah. when you Draymonded me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, I can't I can't see a stuff. I just can't see. I can see it. Maybe. I, and I maybe just, I just don't have the imagination I, well, to, and it's not even imagination. He's just, I just played with so many teammates in his career. No, and, and, and he mm. knows how to manage personalities um you know he's he's the second head coach of the team yeah and if you look at the way golden state is who's the second head coach on the player side and i've been and we've been saying that for a while who's, like who is it the there's no, nobody there's no vocal leader on no. that team whereas when you put someone so loud in there yeah it overshadows other people and it could it could really mess with people's thoughts on who they are as a player, their egos, their whatever. So I, I don't think he would work in a Golden State. 
because I it's and his un, and when I say he doesn't play uns, unselfishly, it is not on the court. It is just as as much media as media attention. It, well, and media attention, sure, there's that too. Um, but I just don't think he would be able to. It, as much as he's very good at managing personalities and the people around him, mm-hmm. he's just a force in itself. He's just, he's just. He, I don't think he's. I don't think we even realize how impactful he is on the game of basketball. Then, I think we will only realize until after he's retired and doing other things. Wherever he goes, he is the leader, right? Yeah. That no question about it. So when he goes to Dwayne Wade's Miami Heat, mm-hmm. he is the leader. Mm-hmm. Even though Dwayne Wade's been playing there longer, has been there longer. That's right. And if LeBron were to go to the Golden State Warriors, and let's like in a real world, you'd have to get rid of some salaries sure. to do that. Yeah. So let's say uh, you get rid of everyone except. <laughs> Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. Everyone else got traded. So now so you have a starting five. You just have five people. Just you have five. No nobody bench. else. You have no just bench. Just your five people. <laughs> you play all 48 minutes. Look, exactly. <laughs> no one gets hurt. Everyone plays. Um, LeBron James is now the leader of that team. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Regardless of how many points team, everybody... It doesn't I mean, matter. Everyone still functions at a high level. And I, and I would say this. Get rid of everyone else. Add him to that team. That team now averages 150 points a game. Absolutely. Like it's it's stupid. Right, and so the 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 he enhances your ability, but your mental and emotional capacity shifts. Yeah. To make room for the clear Mufasa of your group. Absolutely. He is the leader of Pride Rock. He is he is Mufasa. Right. He has and a lion you know tattoo. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be friends with me for what I just said about Katie. I do, I just look. I just, I, your face. I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll give. I'll give you this though. I agree with you in that. Anytime a player gets a championship and can get that monkey off its back, mm-hmm. off their back, um, so they don't have to answer those questions anymore because our society is way too driven on championships. And we've and it's a team sport, and the mm-hmm. ultimate, mm-hmm. like accomplishment is winning the the national championship right yeah. like that's and i get that and we talk about mike and his six rings we talk about those you know, damn six rings messed it up for everyone i mean there's others who had more rings than him i know but in the modern era <laughs> oh yeah everyone looks at him and like kobe got five part. and that's about it kobe couldn't get six for life of him and i know that bothers him and it even totally if he got the him. six there's still that part of I him that's like beyond six <laughs> well that but also like oh Shaq helped me with half of those. Right. I didn't get all those MVPs. Mm-hmm. Even though Kobe averaged 29 and right. like 10 or whatever. Something crazy. Mike had five MVPs? Five Six. Oh, it's, oh yeah, that's right. He did have Yeah, this. one every time. Oh, you mean like league MVPs yeah. or finals MVPs? No, finals MVP, I know he got all Six, of them. yeah. In the league, he got five. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think that's what I think. Yeah, so LeBron's one shy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this too. The Cavs taught the Warriors something more than just humility last year Mm -hmm. they taught them grittiness and attitude yeah because they've become more sassy not a ton more sassy i appreciate a little bit more i appreciate in the good boy way i thought kevin durant was gonna wilt Mm -hmm. in the face of lebron james because that's what he always does sure this year was different and uh steph was different this year Mm -hmm. when they asked steph about facing the warrior or the the calves in the finals i think I said this last time, but 
I said, oh, what do you think about facing the Cavs again for the third time? He said, well, it looks like uh, they're having a lot of fun. And uh, we We're plan gonna, to do something yeah. about that. <laughs> so, We're gonna make that not be. The you case. know, it's like, oh, <laughs> Steph Curry's talking a game this year. Yeah. I, I hadn't seen that before, and they backed it up. And yeah. so I, the Warriors had an outstanding season, and uh, it just was it was boring basketball for the fans this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's great if you love a, a dominant team. I wouldn't say it was complete. Like, it was boring in that we all knew this was going to be the outcome. But if you saw the individual games throughout the season, which I think matter, because and we talked about it earlier, how the rhythm of the team and letting, you know, because mm-hmm. every team has to figure out what their rhythm is, what their, what their style is with playing with one another. That's always been interesting for me, to at least someone who loves the game of basketball, mm-hmm. sitting there and watching how they're communicating, how they're... How they're how are they coming from deficits? How are they coming from those kinds? Of, that's but, interesting. But don't you? I but enjoy it's not, it. But it's not it's not as exciting as the, the it's not as exciting as like the Celtics. Exactly. And the, what I was gonna and, say. the Wizards. And the Wizards. I was gonna say those like, two that teams. Was fun. Those two, that, that was fun. Not even just that series, but those two teams last year. The Wizards didn't make the playoffs. No, they, they didn't. were bad. They yeah. were really bad. And to watch them this year with almost the same unit, just a different coach. Yeah. Go Makes to a big yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, these wizards actually know how to play together. Yeah. The Celtics and what Brad, um, Bradley Stevens has done with them has been uh, Isaiah Thomas, just small man on campus, right? Coming in and just wrecking the East like yeah. he has been. I mean, like those teams are more complex and coming from places of less privilege, right? And I'm interested in that storyline, yeah. Versus yeah. This is a story. Uh, yeah, because it's like what it's like a it's just a bad story with the Warriors. It's just like oh, once upon a time there was a team that was the best team in NBA history, and that was it. And, and then <laughs> and then one day, a league MVP who could shoot the lights out, Easy Money Sniper on Instagram came along and joined the team. I forgot that his name was Easy Money Sniper. <laughs> <laughs> then. The team faced a horrible challenge, the NBA playoffs, and they beat every single team four to zero until they got to the Cavaliers. But they still had to. And they lost one game, but they beat them in four straight games. The end. (laughs) The end by. All right. Fine. I guess I can sleep on that. Yeah. But I think, I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't know if there's other things you wanted to talk about. I know, so I think... Um, well, I do think... All right, so last thing. Uh, in addition to saying he was not on a super team... And LeBron also said he wasn't part of a super team, but uh, well, comparatively, he comparatively, wasn't, but he was. But it's, anyway. It's different. At, at, the, at the time, he was part of a super team. But I think Kevin Durant needed to be drug tested after his uh, performance. He should have been drug tested for that comment and also... Saying what did he say that Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. is better than Allen Iverson? Yeah, he specifically said what his handles are better. Okay, so I was gonna qualify. He's right. I absolutely agree with him. You think his handles are better than a hundred percent? A hundred percent. I feel like I need to see a like a plate like a so like the, a side by side or like something. Here are my top five ball handlers all time. Let's do it. Uh, from five down, I start with. Jason Williams from the Sacramento Kings, Grizzlies era. Mm -hmm. Isaiah Thomas, the uh, elder. Elder Elder of the Pistons. Of the Pistons, yeah. Uh, Who was the... Oh, I forgot my third. It doesn't matter. 
But Allen Iverson's number two, and Kyrie's number one. So what... So that's... That's kind of sacrilegious in my world of basketball. Mm. I would put Iverson over Kyrie, personally. You're talking about handles? Handles. Or, oh, no. Really? Uh-uh. uh-uh. Maybe I'm, like, remembering Iverson differently. He was a scoring machine. Absolutely. I, if, if I had to do, if I had to start a team, I would take Iverson over Kyrie. Right, because of the points he's going to be able to. 33 a game he can get me. Right. Um, Kyrie's ability to change directions and dribble with both hands and finish. I mean, he's got the thing on a shoestring. Like, he's doing things with the rock that I've never seen before him. Okay. Just like the sham god. Like, he'll, he'll go out there and do a sham god move. Mm-hmm. Which is, if you're not familiar, for people out there, if you throw the ball almost out in front of the defender with your with one hand, you just, like, put it out there away from your body, disconnected as if it's just floating as a loose ball. Mm-hmm. And then you reach your opposite hand across your body to pull the rock toward the opposite side of your body, faking the defender out toward the the other side of your body and then you just just it's a wicked crossover move i was, I was gonna say like it's it's kind of like you're doing a pick and roll without with the yourself person, without the <laughs> russell will uh westbrook did one earlier this year i did remember i do remember that he's i mean like Kyrie's finishes you saw those games no i like, d- yeah i know he's a better ball handler than i'm gonna i'm gonna have to walk pay closer attention to him this season this upcoming season mm-hmm and see what that looks like. It's one of the reasons he's my favorite NBA player is because of his. Handles. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. never. I'm, I'm not saying he's not a. He's definitely a great ball handler. I just, you know, and a part of me is also like I think of the '90s and even Allen, Allen Iverson era mm-hmm. very fondly. Oh yeah, same. So it's very hard for me to be like, "What do you mean he's better than like for yeah. like What do you mean he's better than Cornrow Iverson?" I'm sorry, yeah. like that's not. Like, and I wasn't even, like, a 76ers fan or even, like, a huge Iverson fan like that, but, like, I respected what he did on the court, so that's why I'm just kind of, like, maybe I'm just remember, I'm, like, mm-hmm. re- remembering it more, you know, positively than maybe that it is. He, I think Iverson has a special place in all of our hearts. Yeah. Like, we just, he just was so transcendent mm-hmm. for the game. Kyrie has he not was been... so different. He was, mm. he was, he was so different in no, so many ways because he was in that michael jordan shadow mm-hmm. that was cast so long and it was yeah. like wait a second mike had a bald head this guy has cornrows <laughs> mike had no tattoos this guy has all the all tattoos, the tattoos. <laughs> mike had tattoos he had no he had one on his chest it was a brand of a horseshoe because of his fraternity and that was it what fraternity was he a part of are you thinking of scotty scotty had that little like infinity sign <laughs> On his uh, left bicep, I think. <laughs> I do remember Scotty's Yeah, it was tattoo. very small. Um, but I thought Michael Jordan did have tattoos in No, he couldn't get away. He was in that era of no tattoos. Nope. You remember Reggie Miller's tattoo was like a hot topic. Yeah. Because he had a back tattoo and he had a, a belly button tattoo. <laughs> oh, you're right. Mike didn't have a tattoo at all. It's clean. That North Carolina clean. Oh, dang. Yeah, he, it wasn't about that. Him, Barkley, Ewing, uh, that whole generation of people. Malone. They were That's just clean. so interesting. But when and, Iverson came around, yeah, yeah, it was the first guy who was... I mean, but Dennis it's so Rodman... It's weird that I just think of, like, Michael had a tattoo. 
I don't know why, like, I just assume all basketball Maybe you tattoos. thought he got it through osmosis with Dennis Rodman. I mean, because he had a lot of tattoos. Yeah, and I think Dennis was the first one to come along and have a lot of tattoos, but everyone looked at him, and to some extent, which is weird that I remember this, but Cherokee Parks mm-hmm. was a very obscure player from Duke yeah, who came like, to play for a while, and he accumulated tattoos, a white guy, yeah. accumulated all these colorful tattoos throughout his career, kind of like an early Birdman, yeah. Anderson. Yeah. And he... Oh, Birdman. Yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. But... What do you associate those guys with? Rodman, Birdman. What do you think of when you think of these Just guys? Just like really, like, um, what's the word? Just like they, what's the word I'm looking for? They're a little scrappy. Scrappy. They're scrappy. That's I would the word. Scrappy and eccentric. Yeah. You know, they're a little bit out there personality-wise. Mm-hmm. And Michael was never that. And those guys were never that. So when Iverson came around, he was the first guy who was really good, not altogether... He wasn't clean cut right. as, a, as a personality. Right, no. But he wasn't as erratic as Rodman. Oh, no, And no. so he came yeah. on and said, like, I could be a culture... He was the guy from the street. Yeah. He was straight mm-hmm. up street. He was yep. the guy... Because Rodman could not relate. Like, right. you were on the corner in St. Louis, Baltimore, any one of the major mm-hmm. metro cities that's, like, got an urban black population. You don't look at Rodman and say, he's down with the community like he's got this dyed hair and piercings and he's Mm -hmm. wearing wedding dresses he's not really connected to the normative black whereas whereas iverson very much did completely and he was listening to rap music and he was he had do rags on yeah exactly baggy pants so many baggy pants that they had to change the wardrobe policy the dress code (laughs) in the nba they put a dress code in the nba because of iverson i didn't know that yeah oh yeah they're like no more t-shirts and jeans you got to wear formal wear that's why you see players wear nice stuff now I games. mean, they all look good because a man in a suit, a well-tailored suit. Hey, panties be dropping. Well, do you think? <laughs> what about Michael's suits? Well, not those suits. That's different. <laughs> yeah. My, my my what I said was well-tailored. Well-tailored. <laughs> uh, he likes Mike's, he likes room. He needs he, room to operate. He, he's, he's a his, scorer. His tailor was very square, rectangular. It was cute. It was not. Yeah. It was not a cute look. But I think Kyrie's. Uh, it, what I like about. Kyrie's game mm-hmm. is his handles and his finish. His shooting uh, is fine. It's not the best. It's not consistent. Not consistent. But when you need someone to score you 40 points, like... If he's on, yes, he'll give do him, it. Yeah, he yeah. can be streaky, but so is Iverson. So, yeah, yeah I think but they're that, very so similar. But so anybody, right? Like, who's always consistently scoring? LeBron James. Damn it. That was right. <laughs> that was the right answer. I mean, technically... <laughs> uh. Technically, uh, but we—I mean, yeah, no, I, I agree with KD. I, but it's—it's a—it was a bold statement for him to make, I especially just, right after the final. Like he said that within the day. They all said really nice things. The Warriors said really nice things about the Cavs, like Draymond. As they, as they do. Draymond said some nice stuff about. Them. Well, no, Draymond. The way he said it was, I could have, I could be here talking all this garbage about Jr. and all because they said all these things, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that. Because we play basketball. Because we play basketball. It's just basketball. It's just basketball. And I'm just like, Draymond, you kick everyone in the nuts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a... I I really do appreciate the way the Warriors won uh, that series and afterwards showed uh, grace. And, sure. But it also... Um, you know, they did a good job of not feeding into the current climate of media coverage because mm-hmm. what we want is something uh, scintillating. Yeah. And they gave us nothing. Yeah, even like Draymond was saying, like, why is everyone so surprised I helped pick up, I think it was Kate. Kyrie, 
Was oh, it? yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. He's like, why is everyone so surprised by that? I'm like, because you kick everyone in the nuts. Yeah. And you're, that's why everyone's tip- like, and that's why everyone's like, dang, I know it's just basketball, but like, you're kind of ruthless. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, I agree. So, that was a lot of dribbling. I think we should end it off mm-hmm. with one word that you felt about this past season. Oh, really? Um, I don't have a word yet. I just thought of like it's a good oh, way to Oh, I was going to turn it on you. No, I, I, I was just I don't have a word yet either, but I think like one word or a phrase to end off the season. To end off this segment. I'm putting you on the spot, bud. <laughs> Give me something. I'm thinking of I'm just going to say Re, rebirth. Rebirth. Okay. Rebirth. Everyone, take it for what that is. You don't and, have to explain well, it. Well, <laughs> no, I, I will. I think this this year, for me, when what stands out in my mind are players and teams who had a rebirth, mm. and I'm thinking of the James Harden being moved to point guard, mm. Russell Westbrook without his right hand man mm-hmm. unleashed. Right. I'm thinking of Boogie Cousins right. going to play with his former Kentucky teammate. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Kevin Durant getting his new opportunity. Uh, the Wizards coming from the depths right. to actually being they? in the players <laughs> yeah. play, playoffs. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas and his season yeah. uh, of glory. And just all the, yeah, the, the Kawhi Leonard's, you know, with Tim Duncan not around. His new right, his new persona and, yeah. and and role. So I just yeah, this year was a a year of rebirth for a number of people who got great opportunities and teams who who turned it around. That was a really good word. Can I steal that? Yeah. Like Why well, can it be like a rebirth that was boring? <laughs> a rebirth. A rebirth. Um, I agree. I think there was so many good things that have happened this season for a lot of players individually as well as teams. Um, but I think it was boring in that uh, as much as it was interesting to see all of those things kind of play out in various ways in individual mm-hmm. games and in some playoff games, but not all. Um, it was just, it's just boring because this league is very lopsided and regardless of what everybody thinks, yeah. it is what it is. There were so many sweeps in the playoffs. So many sweeps on like, both sides. It was a broom story. Yeah, it was a broom story yeah. in both leagues, and yeah. the uh, that made it. Man, I just when you think back to NBA history of the nineties, mm-hmm. and it was the first time it was the the best of five right. in the first round. There were some one seeds who were going home. Yeah. There were some teams who just it was, couldn't... That was interesting. That was, yeah. It was like March Madness in a kind of way. When, mm-hmm. when March Madness is like, you just never know because it's just one game. But, uh, but yeah. yeah. I, I think your word speaks perfectly to what the season yeah. has been. They're both fair. Both fair. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving. All right. All right. So it is time... For our dope person of the week, Sir Alexander, who's yours? I am choosing Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Who's Monty Williams? Monty Williams is a former player mm-hmm. who is now the president of uh, basketball operations for the San Antonio Spurs. 
Mm. And one of one of one of my fave teams. Yeah. Um, previously was on the what is it the coaching staff for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I remember this mm-hmm. for a while. Um, Oklahoma City Westbrooks, you mean? Yes, the Oklahoma City Westbrooks. Yes. It's, thank <laughs> you for the correction. You're welcome. I'm here for you. <laughs> so uh, Monty Williams, I'm choosing him because he is receiving the first inaugural Sager Strong Award. No way. Yes. Named after the late Craig Sager, a beloved basketball personality reporter um, and and someone who's just deeply ingrained into the fabric of the NBA community. Yeah, totally. So um, Craig passed away uh, from cancer this past year and uh, people have been honoring him and, uh, you know, supporting the family and mm-hmm. as they go through this time. And they have started an award after Craig in his name. And let's see if I can... Craig's... uh, It's for... It's given to someone, an individual, who has been a trailblazer while exemplifying courage, faith, compassion, and grace. Hmm. And so Monty was given this award because... Um, his wife actually passed away in February of 2016 in a car accident. Um, someone uh, driving a car recklessly uh, killed her. I believe she was driving as well. And in the car crash, Ingrid Williams. This is after he died? Away. No, this is uh, February 2016. I'm not sure if it was before or after Craig Wait, Sager passed away. This is Craig Sager's wife? No, 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 no. Sorry. I literally was like, this is Sorry. so sad. No, 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 no. Monty Williams' wife, Ingrid Williams. Okay, Ingrid which is Williams. still very sad. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. Ingrid Williams passed away uh, because of this uh, accident. It was a head-to-head, head-on collision. Okay. And so um, she passed away. Monty had to kind of leave his role with the Thunder sure. to go support the kids they have three children together and so he was there supporting the kids going through this um time of grief and just being there while they had lost their mother he had lost his wife and so uh, it was very hard he he wrote about it he's done some interviews about it and just like it was a challenging time in his life for him to be a support for his family and to you know pick himself back up when you you lose the one you care about most so um, since then he served as, you know, oh, he was also a head coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. I forgot to say that. And then oh. he's come to work for the Spurs, uh, in September of 2016. Um, but he's back on his feet and the family is, is, you know, moving on and, uh, trying to do the best they can, the kids, Monty and everyone else. And so for his courage and his, um, stamina and his wherewithal and perseverance to support the family and still involve himself in the basketball community as as a helpful guide for his teams that he's with they've given him the craig uh the sager strong award wow yeah seems like a very deserving uh yeah i really don't even want to say my because i'm like i just you know to lose your partner in that tragic manner yeah i've i I just i i've lost a lot of people in my life people that i loved very dearly um, but I just, uh, I can't even, how sad. I'm trying to see what his book was called. Uh, man, some of these images of people leaving, uh, 
things to remember, mm-hmm. uh, like at the at the memorial site for yeah. her, just like uh, beautifully tragic. It's, just, and, but she seems like in all the photos and from what they've said about Ingrid, she seems like she was a lovely mm-hmm. uh, human being. So, yeah, Monty, stellar stand-up guy, and yeah, I'll and, look for this book title yeah, while just, you do yours. Yeah, that's just that's wild and incredibly tragic, but. Um, it takes a strong person to kind of come back from that. Something so, oh, so tragic and uh, I can't even put words to it. Yeah, I'll go for it. But yeah, so my Who's dope person. person um, so we sort of talked about parenting earlier today mm-hmm. about how you know we don't got the resume drops to do it. Not um, yet, no, not at all. And um, so. In the in light of like my heart being turned a little bit more towards KD, as much as you might not want to be my friend about it, um, I'll, well, I'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be okay. I think you'll survive. Um, my dope person of the week is Wanda Durant, who is Kevin Durant's mom. Um, so <laughs> mm-hmm. she's one. She is like she is a quintessential like equivalent to like a soccer mom, like basketball mom. You know, she is. Just so stupidly proud of her son, and um, and as folks know, she she uh, when Kevin Durant won his MVP two years ago, um, two years ago, right? Was it two or three years ago? Three, three years ago, because um, Steph won it twice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "Mom, you're the real MVP," right? Um, so Wanda, so her story, I learned a little bit more about her story. Single mom in the Baltimore, D.C. area. Um, single mom raising two kids, Tony Durant and Kevin Durant. Um, and just struck, like working late hours at the U.S. post office, mm. um, struggling to make ends meet. Um, and her son, at eight years old, said, Mom, I'm going to win the NBA championship, and I'm going to win the MVP. I'm going to do that. And that son was Kevin Durant. And she saw how much she she said in an interview she saw how much in her her son's eyes that he wanted this and so she pushed that boy to be the Kevin Durant that we see today obviously Kevin Durant had something to do with it right he worked hard and things like that yeah. uh, but even Kevin Durant's like yeah my mom pushed me even when she, if she was annoying <laughs> like she mm-hmm. and we would butt heads about it mm-hmm. uh, but she pushed me to go to those you know basketball games and practices and um, make me to be a better player that I am and so you know his relationship with his mother and brother are incredibly close because they are all each other had mm-hmm. um, and uh, Stephen A. Smith had a lot of things to say about uh, Durant going to the Warriors, and she was able to confront him recently within after since after it was they yeah. won. And by recently, I'm in like a couple of days ago. Yeah. And she, when people were like, someone asked uh, Miss Durant, uh, <laughs> "What are you going to?" Like, are you going to say anything? Like, Stephen A. is, like, right next to the lady who's asking the question, and mm-hmm. um, Wanda's in the, on the other side. She's like, you know, are you going to say anything? Like, what do you want to say? Because he had a lot of opinions about your son going to, you know, to uh, the Warriors. Um, and she's like, if I had a mic, I'd just drop it right now. <laughs> and, and, and she was just really proud of her son. And then Stephen A. is like, yeah, you're right. Your son's a champion, blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, you can just read my shirt. And the shirt said 2017 NBA champions. Well, she basically uh, said scoreboard. Yeah. she's Yeah. So I just give it to her for one 
being a one just being a mom so shout out to all the moms out there doing mm-hmm. especially being a single mom raising two kids in a in an area that wasn't the most safe for them and um doing what she could to make her son's dream come true um, her son's dream was her dream for her son if that makes sense so that's great yeah and so for me i just like I just really appreciate as and you know and she's a mom so her son can do no wrong in her eyes and we can disagree with you know there was more commentary of just like do you think LeBron you know lopsided the the league when he went to the heat and they're like yeah he did <laughs> at, at one yeah, point he did. he did um and so and and but that's a mom and that's what moms do right they unconditionally and like if I tell my mom something she'll you know she may have lots of opinions about it but when she talks about me and my sisters too her friends and other people, she's she's only singing praises. And if you're lucky to have a mom like that, that's, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a cool thing. Wrigley hears people outside. Wrigley, R- <laughs> uh, I, I, does not like that. So yeah, he I, doesn't like other people. He still disagrees with Kevin Durant moving. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he still does. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he agreed. Thank he you. just barked and Thank agreed you. with you. Um, but yeah, so I think... It takes a lot to be a mom and to be a mom of what now is an NBA champ, an MVP, an, MB- an NBA finals uh, MVP. Um, it takes a lot. And she did a lot of, as much as Kevin did a lot of the work, right? The physical work of it. I think for him to come home to a mom like that, that is as supportive, even annoyingly so, hmm. I think is pretty dope. She should be proud. She should be absolutely proud. Because as Kevin said, Ma, we did it. Right? And so... As much as this was a win for him, this was a win for his mom, too. So that's cute. It's cute. And you're just, like, rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm just, I'm just listening and just taking it in, and I agree. <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Man, Alex is about to explode right now. <laughs> no. Not, not. I just, I, the whole thing is funny to me. I mean, it's a mom, right? And so I just, I think it, it kind of spoke to the theme. I was going to pick somebody else, but I think it spoke to the themes that we talked about earlier today. Yeah. And so yeah. I figured it was a good, good way to end off. I agree. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else you want to add, sir? Any final thoughts? No, we, but we need to think about what we're going to do now that the season's over. So we need to oh, talk about that. right. So the season's over and now we have to wait till October for... Yeah. The regular season to begin. That's a long off season. That is I mean, four months. That's that's almost as long as the Knicks off season. <laughs> if you to can. our Knicks fans, we're so sorry <laughs> that we're so disrespectful. They're sorry too. <laughs> they know. So um, I think something that we've talked about is that obviously we love to we love this podcast and we love dabbling and dribbling with everybody. We think it's also important for us to realize that there's not going to be a lot happening during the off season. Mm. Uh, there may be some some headlines here and there. Obviously, there's going to be the awards that come out on the 26th and mm-hmm. um, maybe some free agent stuff that's happening. Free agents, the draft. The draft. So we'll definitely talk about those things. Yeah. So what did we decide to do? Uh, I think we're going to do... We're going to try and do every other week. Yeah. So twice a month mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Yeah. And then obviously once the season starts up again, mm-hmm. we'll probably hit it back to either every week or still do every other week, depending on what the games are kind of like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Maybe some, some dabbling more than dribbling. Yeah. Because we love dabbling. Yeah. Too. And stuff, stuff happens all the time. Right. In today's uh, world. Um, we're not going to cover any NBA summer games. No. We're not going to. No, do we're not doing. We're not doing no D League things. No. Not that we. They're there. They exist. We encourage y'all to check it out. But um. But yeah, I think you know we'll be off next week. 
Mm-hmm. But I think the week after, yep. we should be back back on it. Because then by that time, we'll know who's won All the, awards, the awards, right? Yep. So we should know who our MVP is, who our defensive player, the most sixth approved, man. sixth man, rookie, mm-hmm. all those things. So yeah. it'll be fun to coach of the year. Yeah. Um, all of those fun things we'll find out soon. Um, and we know that there's going to be a lot of things happening in our world. So I guess, mm. you know, we'll dabble on that too. My heart can barely take it. It barely can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think we got it. Thank all you, right. as always, for listening to us. And be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We will be tweeting. Um, If you saw during the finals, uh, there were some quotes from both Alex and I out there uh, because we had lots of feelings about it. So make sure you check us out, follow us, like us, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. um, What was it? SoundCloud, Stitcher, Stitcher, and iTunes. So wherever you listen to a podcast, we are there. So that is all from us. Anything else? That's it. All right, y'all. Thanks, people. Yeah. We'll catch you later. Yeah.